2019 my Paracon. Can you hear your headphones, Amber? Yeah. Did I hook everything up correctly? Yeah, it's fine. Oh, cool. All right. We've been kind of hanging here. Amber just got down here. No, I'm crabby. Why are you crabby? Because I slept on a cot. The temperature was the tundra. <laughs> I told I you. I didn't you could win turn any money. I, I know. You come rolling in at like what, what like one o'clock? Yeah, this like morning. a broken soldier. How much did you lose last night? I don't know, fifty. Fifty dollars? Fifty. Not good. Wonder why my girl yeah. wasn't paying out. I was sleeping soundly. I actually passed out. I was comfortable. I was crashed out. It was nice and cool in the room. Yeah, yeah, nice and cool in the room. One o'clock, my phone blows me out of bed. I I, I don't have my key. I didn't have it because it was on the table inside the room. Yeah. We're like, where'd you leave it at? We didn't know where it was at. I left it there earlier when I went in there to make my mixed drink. Yeah, yeah. So I'm freaking out, going, okay, some jerk-off's just going to go down yeah. the hallway now. Out of these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rooms. You know some jerk-off t- will do that, No, though. no, I, that's I, weird. I don't trust anybody. No. I, I, yeah, it was, it was under a bunch of peanuts and stuff. Yeah, it was. Actual bags of peanuts. So I was like, I'm going to bed. Goodbye. Yeah, you were all crabby. I was, cra- I was totally crabby. You woke me up. <laughs> I finally get to sleep, and I left my key somewhere. So, yeah, we crashed. Um... I, don't know, I was up and down, but I slept pretty good. And I got, we, yeah, they, like 8.30 this morning. They, we were supposed to be down here at 8.30 this morning, which I, we, are, we already agreed last night that that wasn't going to happen. No, that never happens at yeah. these things. So I got up about, I don't know, I got up about 8.30, 8 or 9, I don't know, 8 or 8.30. And I'm like, Amber, I come out there because you were in the other bed out, out in the other room. And I'm like, uh, come on, let's go. And you're like, ah, I'm frozen. I'm totally frozen. Which I'm like, well, there's a there's a therm, there's a thermostat like right like five yeah, feet away I didn't from know you. That. So, yeah, we we kind of got I just set. Thought well, that was my fate for the night. I got set up and I've been kind of chilling here. We finally got Amber down here, and uh, yeah, we, we got coffee. We're going, so we're just gonna be scooping people up today, and just having some cool convos. Uh, convos. Con- yeah, convos. 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 We're gonna have some cool convos. Oh my god. So. Yeah, we got. It's an interesting room. Uh, Grant is like right. Yeah, there's Grant right Grant there. Wilson Grant is, Wilson is. We're staring yeah. at him. Weirdly, I haven't, I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, he's he's down got there. a line. Yeah, he's got a line. Um, Deb and RJ are next to us. Deb and RJ are a super cool couple. Yeah, they're, uh, they're like they call them like the. They're kind of like the paranormal hippies, mystical hippies. She don't want to talk. <laughs> like, come over here, and she's like, No, I don't want to. Um, RJ's around here somewhere. He'll be he'll be joining us here in a little while. But yeah, we're just kind of chilling out right now. It's it's been uh, I've been kind of down here just hanging around and a lot of cool people here. This is like the big. This is like the tenth annual. This is yeah, ten years. Yeah, I came here for the first time last year just to kind of hang out and spectate and do whatever, and um, we decided to come here and get a table. So we're here with your books yeah. and our already stuff. the first fifteen minutes into it. I'm realizing how much I hate having a table. Why? I don't know. It's awkward. People walk by your table. They look at your stuff. They kind of don't want to make eye contact because you might be trying to sell them something. Yeah, we don't do that here. Like, they don't know that, though, but we don't do that here. No. I Ghost- prefer not to make eye contact. I- I've, said that for <laughs> e- I've said that for years. Ghostly Talk is like the worst vendor ever because we've never really ever. ever sold anything. Like back in the T-shirts. Old- back in the old days, we sold some T-shirts and we got rid of And you know what? 
when we started doing this thing again, like that we went to Troy's conference that first time around and Doug, well, Doug was there with us, right? And we brought like the remaining t-shirts that we had that we never sold back yeah. in the old days and we just gave them away. Yeah. We just totally just gave them away to people. So here, what, and it was, and that's that funny thing because people freak out because you're like, we're like, hey, come here. And they're like, Ugh. Yeah, I know. Are what are you, you going to sell and me? And we're like, we're not selling you anything. What size are you? Well, I'm a, I'm a medium. Well, here, take a t-shirt. What? Take a t-shirt. It's cool, you know? So we're just giving stuff away. And we're doing the same thing here today, too. Well, you got your books, though. Well, I have books. You got your books. And I have a couple other books that are from my publisher that are that are cool. But whatever. I probably will sell, like, zero. So. Well, that's a really great... I know. Real go-getter you know, attitude story, right there. True story. If you are not a speaker at these things, I think it is much harder to sell uh, your stuff because people don't know who you are, what yeah. you're doing. And if you talk, usually people always run over well, yeah, to your table after you're done talking. You're recognized. People so. know who you are. Yeah, totally. Uh, but yeah, we're just kind of chilling out right now, having our coffee, relaxing. We gotta get lunch sometime. Either I haven't had eaten. any food. Yeah, we haven't eaten anything. I know you're gonna get hangry really soon here. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna do that. We're gonna bring some people on here later on, and that's it. Uh, 2019, my Paracon. Yep. We're well, in the Michigan UP. Paracon. Well, my it says my on the t-shirts though. I don't know what the hell this thing is. It's a, it's Where am I at? <laughs> just stop talking. Where are we at? What is this place? We're at, what are we doing here? Who are these people all around here? They're looking at us right now. It's weird. Um, now we're going to talk to some cool people here. We'll see you guys here pretty soon. Bye. Ghostly Talk. Hello, this is RJ DeRoos from Houghton Lake, Michigan, here at the Michigan Paracon. Yes, 2019 Michigan Paracon. We're here. You're the first guy today. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. Yeah, you are here, man. I feel privileged. It's been gr- it's been a wild morning. We just got Amber here a few minutes ago, as you know. I was in here grumbling the whole time, like "Wow, <laughs> firing uh, text left and right. Yeah. No, it's uh, there's been a lot of people here this morning. Actually, it was it was quite overwhelming for a minute. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize how many people were going to be here this morning. I thought it was going to be like just a slow start. Not much going on. Right. And there's like a line at one time, like our tables, the way they're set up, there was a line going out the door here for a few minutes. You know, I thought they were here to see me, but th- no, they should just be. passed me right by. So. <laughs> no, well, and it's an interesting, like where we're at, this is kind of an interesting setup because, yeah, like we mentioned a minute ago, Grant is like a couple tables over from us. Right. So what happens is this big old line starts for him. And then it just snakes its way out the door from the vendor room here. But it's good for people, you know, that their tables are yeah. fine. So, you know, well, that's they, what I'm telling Amber. I'm like, we're yeah. going to make a million dollars if no. you get down here. We're going to be <laughs> rich. <Yeah>. So, <laughs> but no, no, it's cool. People are. It's been nice to chat with people. and just, it, it just, We don't do this very much. Well, so, you know, Brad and Tim said this was uh, basically, I think they sold more tickets this year than ever. That's what wow. he told me. So, well, yeah, like we said, this is yeah. the 10th annual, yeah. too. This is really great. Yeah. What brings you to these things? I, I just want to know, like, what brings you to these? Well, besides the obvious. Well, you know, all my life, I, I, I was fortunate to grow up in a family where everybody was into the paranormal. I was the youngest. And uh, any, everything from, you know, the ghosts to the UFOs, the Bigfoot stuff. So, uh, as a young lad, I was interested. And when I was 15, I read a book called Cracking the Cosmic Egg. Yeah. And that just set me off I knew I was a little different you know yeah, yeah. so and uh, here I am I mean I, I we were talking earlier I worked in the shop mm-hmm. uh, so I didn't have a lot of time to delve into my paranormal stuff yeah but when I got laid off I was happy because I got back on my path and started doing the stuff I love to do yeah but when I retired I thought I was going to sit back and just you know fish And but I met my wife 
and uh, she owned a metaphysical store. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm more busy now than I ever been, but doing the stuff I love to do. So no, and it's I think everybody kind of has that 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 cool like gateway. Right. I know for me, I always tell people, you know, I always had an interest when I was a kid. And I've always told the story about me and my grandma sitting in her living room talking about weird stuff. And she was a very progressive lady. Right. Uh, so she'd sit there and listen to me babble about whatever ridiculous idea I had at the time. And I know, like a lot of people like yourself, I had stuff I had to do. I had to carve a path in life and do things. And then I got to a point where I was like, oh, I'm done with college now. I, I have to find something to do. Right. And that was 20 years ago now. Kind of right. old. Kind of old. Right. Um, and that's kind of what set me on this path where I'm at now for all the weirdness that's happened. Uh, and you know, the one thing I say, uh, we fell into doing this podcast. And one thing I've always been kind of bummed about, it's, even though I like doing the podcast, is I was never with the time I have. It goes into this podcast, which is great. It's right. fun. However, I get to talk to people who spend years on one subject. Like yourself, well, you know, uh, well, uh, you know, focusing on something, right? Exactly, exactly. And I get to hear really amazing stuff from people, which is a blessing. I love that. But you always yearn to kind of go, man. I'm really like every week. It's like, oh my god, this is in- incredible. I wanna, I wanna dive into this now. And, you know, it's like, and then you get busy with a million, so you can't really do that. When you're, so I guess, I'm sure somebody's talked to me and said, well, I want to do a podcast. I wish I could do a podcast. <laughs> you know, so it goes back and forth. But I, you know, that's one of the struggles I know we have is just, you know, wanting to focus on things, and you can't do it when you're right, doing a podcast. Right. It's funny, but it's still cool. And yeah, these things. I mean, it's fun to go out to the conferences though, because you do the same thing here. You talk to people from all different walks of life, all over the country. This is a big conference. I didn't realize how big this conference really was. I, I, I would say it's the biggest east of the Mississippi River. Anyway. Really? Yeah. I mean, I. I as far as I know, I know California has a lot of big Yeah, I think it's the biggest in the Midwest. That's yes, what they're exactly. touting it as now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we. I came here last year, and I've been to a million of conferences over the years, and I just was kind of like looking was around. Was that your going, first time? Yeah, here. Last year, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't realize just how the scope. Right. Which is, which is interesting just to kind of see where things have went, studying this stuff in the field or the community in general, yep. uh, what it's become, for better or for worse, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of people here that have an interest. It's it's fascinating to me, and I, I, I think it's important whatever whatever uh, part of the field you're into, whether it be UFOs or, or Bigfoot or, or the ghost. Yeah, you know what John Zaffa said that nobody is an expert. You know, so as long as you stay humble in it and uh, want to learn, yeah, and listen. Well, uh, I, we all do this for a reason. Yeah, uh, yeah. And is there life? Yeah, beyond you know death. And, of course, there is. You know, and I think the older you get, for obvious reasons, the older you get, the closer you get right. to wherever you're going you to go. Um, you know, it's been something we've talked a lot about on the show recently is this idea of what happens at that moment. Because we all, you know, it's going to happen to everybody. And, right. Know, it's, it's inevitable, right? right? Death and, and it's taxes. happened to people that have come back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, death and taxes, you know. It's, yep. it's, it's, so it's <laughs> going to happen. And... But my thing is, it's hard to even try to explain this, but it's this idea of the moment this is happening. You know, and I know there's a lot of people that'll sit there and say, well, there's all these chemical things that are happening in your body that's causing these things and whatnot. And of course, there's the other side of it too, that people are saying, no, your soul's leaving your body. 
you're going somewhere else yep. that nobody really understands. It's a, it's a great cosmic joke for all of us. We have a whole building full of people right now that are obsessed with this idea. And unfortunately, none of us will know until we actually get there. But we, well, go ahead. Well, I'll just say, you know, it's, it's fun to see science now is finally admitting that we have a soul. And, yeah. And Einstein even said it. Uh, a lot of people, that guy that created quantum physics, you know, he says there's yeah. definitely a soul energy out there. So yeah, it's comforting to know, you know, uh, that you are basically immortal as far as your soul goes. And yeah. that you go through these lessons and you... you and wherever you go, we don't know. But I, I think people want to really, I, you know, I, I think it, like a lot of things, I don't think it really is the, the thing of dying. It's, my thing is I want to understand the mechanics of it. I want to understand how this whole machine works. Right. Okay, so, you know, I, here I am, this little intergalactic thing floating around in the universe, and I somehow ended up in this, this, this frame that I'm in right now, and yeah. I'm doing stuff in this physical thing that I'm doing right now, and then someday this thing will stop working physically, and then I'm going to go somewhere else maybe, right? And that's just one idea that I have is, uh, well, maybe it is just you just float around the universe going from place to place, and go ahead. Well, I'm just saying you think about the universe and multiple universes. Yeah. The, the actual physical universe is not, it's very small compared to the the dark matter and all the other yeah. stuff uh, where our soul really fun functions and, yeah. and vibrates. So yeah. uh, there's a lot we don't see. Light spectrum. We only see 32% of the light spectrum. Yeah. There's gamma rays. There's x-rays. And, and we can't see that. Yeah. And whatever exists in that light frame or that light frequency, yeah. there's stuff there. And, yeah. you know, we can only see a part of it. So I've been carrying this idea around. And I, you know, I really should look that back up, Amber. Like, who we talked to that said that to me recently... What, exactly what you're saying. I think we're dealing with a force of nature here. Yeah. That we just don't understand. There's a lot of stuff like you just got done saying that it's there. It can be detected in other ways, but right. we can't detect it ourselves. Right. Human eye, human ear, smell, touch, whatever. It's but it's there. Um, not to go too far in the weeds with this, but I just watched that um, that HBO special, that Chernobyl. Special. Yeah, right. I got this weird thing. I've been studying like nuclear disasters for a while. Yep. And one of the things they said, and I mean, we all know this. We know what radiation is. We know how harmful it is to our bodies. But when you really get into the meat of something like that, these people are dealing with an unseen enemy, a force of nature right. that nobody knows it. It, we don't. It's spreading everywhere. You can't. And you can't stop it. It's you all can't control you. it. Yeah. You can't control it, man. So. That's a good example of that right there. It's something we don't really, I think we still don't really understand mm -hmm. the effects of that. We know how to make it profitable, <laughs> yeah. apparently. Yeah. But, yeah, we've seen in history with that, it's a force in nature. We don't really understand. We don't really know its power yet. And I think that really ties over into this thing of, you know, what a soul may be or what energies may be in nature that we just simply can't see. We, we feel things as people. I know you do. I know I have. I know Amber has, too, where... You just have feelings. Yes. You have you have senses. Something goes off. Your spidey senses go off. You got to trust those feelings. Yeah, and yeah. that's yeah, and that's one thing. You know, I think, and that's age too. Yeah, I think that's something that I I'm more in tune with now. And I think the older we get, we get more and more in tune with that. Well, it's funny you said you know about radiation. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big UFO researcher. We put on a UFO conference. Yeah. You know, and there's books on on this where where we started messing again with the atom bomb, the nuclear bomb. The radiation, yeah. More UFOs show up. 
they shut them down because it's a toy that we shouldn't be playing with uh, because it affects not only our physical world but other etheric worlds and, and, and we can't play with those toys. And that's why I say the machine. Yeah. I firmly believe that everything in the universe it's related in some way. Mm -hmm. There's some type of chain reaction that can be set off. And I, I've heard this idea that, you know, little green guys, whatever you want to call them, right. you're dealing with beings that may have been through this already. Right. That don't mean they're necessarily more advanced than we are. Right. They just ran that mile already, and they know what so it can do. You're going down the wrong road. Yeah, probably. so, and you know what? We live, we're, we're technically neighbors with you guys, and... I've, we've all had shitty neighbors, yeah. right? And I don't want your freaking radiation. Yeah, I don't want to yeah, deal with yeah. your crap because like, you're an idiot, right? How much right. of our space garbage, you know, just goes out to their home? Right, exactly. Yeah, and I could see how that would be really irritating. Ripping times and fabrics. Yeah, and yeah, and, space there's, and we don't even understand very much at all of what the effects this could really have. Right. Um, and I guess going in, you know, going into the little green guys, whatever you want to call them, that idea, they know better. That's my, at least that's my thought on it, is, again, they know better than what we know right now. And all we know is we're just trying to, you know, I've, and I've listened to both arguments on this, on this thing. You know, clean energy, it's, it's much more, it's safer, you know, obviously uranium can crank out a lot more power than what we do with fossil fuel, you know, coal yeah, and all those things. Exactly. I get the benefits. Right. But. When it goes bad. Yeah. Yeah. We're dealing with things again, and I'm not talking about just on this planet, but yeah, there is a reason that I firmly believe that we are being visited for those reasons. Like, dude, chill on this. Yeah. I mean, in California, they built a, a nuclear plant on the uh, uh, San Andreas Fault. I mean, oh, that's I don't, dumb. I don't, that don't compute. I doesn't compute, so I don't. That don't compute. Yeah. I mean, no. No. We saw Fukushima, what happened, happened there, right. which was a freak accident. Total and, freak and Chernobyl, accident. Chernobyl, yeah. Chernobyl. But uh, Fukushima was a total freak accident. The, right. the water was it was just well, too big. Yeah. Well, they, couldn't, they couldn't handle it. Right. Fukushima, I mean, that was... A, a tidal wave. Yeah. The er, but it was an earthquake, right? It was an earthquake yeah. that, that, that so triggered a tidal say. wave. Yeah. So True. they say. Yeah. But Chernobyl wasn't triggered Chernobyl by a was, geologic that event. Was, uh, that was just human... That was human error. Oops. Right. Total yeah. human error. Fukushima was an earthquake, and I believe it, was, it triggered a tidal wave as a result of that. Yeah, the, the tidal tsunami. wave came over, or tsunami was it a tsunami? Whatever. I don't know what they call it. Basically, like a whole bunch of water. Yeah, big wave. They built a, a big wall. <laughs> they built a wall to block the water, but the wall wasn't tall enough. Exactly. And so the wa the water comes over and yeah. floods the station, and we have a nuclear fallout, basically. Yeah. There's I mean, a lot of conspiracy theories behind what happened in there, but uh, of course there is. Yeah. So. I mean, and, and I think they're all warranted too, because what the hell is really going on exactly. here? Exactly. I mean, you, you can look at all the documented information. You know, this is what these people tried it, and they tried to save everything. And I've read everything there is to read on that. But again, it's this triggering effect, though, that I don't think it's just. Yeah, it's gonna be sucky for us because we're right on top of it. I just read uh, yesterday that Kansas City uh, or Kansas had, in the last week, had 35 earthquakes. Now, did you guys see that? No. no. Uh, That's scary. Up to 4.2 and 2.2, and but Kansas, you know, Kansas. Uh, yeah. So I don't know what's going on there. Now, is there a fault there? I don't there's, know. There's the other fault that runs. It's not the San Andreas. It's the, uh, uh, this is when I need a computer in front of in me. In the east? But, yeah, there's yeah. another fault that hasn't gone off in, like, a super long time either, and they're right. worried, like, if that Since, one snaps. Uh, Tecumseh is uh, 
pr- predicted it, right? Right. And then they yeah. Said yeah. The horses would fall on the ground. The rivers would run backwards. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah, they well, said that fall, if that fall goes off, it's worse it's than the California. Exactly. Yeah. And if you want to go on this idea, and this is a crazy idea I had about this whole thing, because yeah, we these things I didn't even hear about this. I don't know what's going on, right? But there's all these things we're experiencing around this planet now, like cataclysmic disasters that we're dealing with. It seems to be on a weekly, monthly basis now. There's something happening every, all the time. There's well, a book. In, there's a book coming over here. Well, our, our our last book. Yeah. It's funny you talked about that. Uh, in the book, yeah. uh, there's a picture here if I can find it. What's the name of the book? Uh, it's called Worlds Beyond Death, Examining Alternate Realms of Existence. There you go. Cool. But, yes. Are you taking one? Get rid of awesome. Speaking of these disasters, yeah. uh, Amber's doing some business over there. In the 1960s, yeah. uh, scientists rediscovered this yeah. giant photon belt that runs perpendicular to our galaxy. And it's a golden high frequency energy proton, yeah. Uh, yeah. photon energy. Yeah. So... Every 12,800 yeah. years we go through it. Okay. And it takes 2,000 years to get through it. That's why the Mayan calendar stopped in 2012 because we are now entering it again. But if you trace back our history of our Earth, you'll see during those times yeah. we go through these changes. Yeah. Now, NASA's not telling you this, but just recently, uh, Neptune and, and uh, Uranus yeah. are having pole shifts and storms. Uh, and the spot on uh, Jupiter is not no longer red. It's a dull pink. I was reading something about this. So we're going through this, and you, we know what's going on with the Earth. There's, there's weather changing like crazy day by day. Yeah. So, But it literally changes not only our Earth, but it changes us because photon energy changes our DNA. And this Russian scientist, I can't think of his name, he did an experiment on this. He shined photon energy light through... Uh, um, salamander eggs onto frog eggs. Okay. And he magnified it. All right. Every one of these frog eggs turned into salamanders and hatched to salamanders and grew up as salamanders. So that photon energy, that light, yeah. it does change our... Cha- yeah. When it comes to us yeah. and, and the planet, it changes everything. So if you trace the history back you know, 12,000 years ago, we yeah. had the Ice Age. You go back that, you know, species come, species go, and new yeah. things happen. So it's it's interesting to check out. So, And I don't think people are talking about it a lot, but we're going through it again. It takes 2,000 years to get through it. Now, do you think, as a result of that, I mean, that whole that whole thing we were talking, that whole thing you mentioned, because the one thing I, I noticed, and it's, I think we're changing as people. We're really changing right. as, as, as a whole lot of people on this, this, this ball we float around on here, right? right? Um, I, I maybe I'm a bit pessimistic, but I don't think for the better in a lot of ways. I think there's some really scary stuff happening yes, now. Yes, yes. Not you know, obviously the shootings thing we hear yeah. about, which I think is just being magnified. I mean, it's not good. It sucks. It shouldn't happen. Right. I think it's being magnified more now for other reasons, political yeah, reasons. Exactly. But one thing I thought about was uh, assuming this idea that you know, and I've talked to people. I've thought about this myself. This planet we're on. Is it, a, is it, it is, sorry, not awake yet. Is it as much a part of us as we are a part of it? Do, will it respond to us like we respond to it? Like if, when it rains, we go inside. Right. Right? Right. Obviously, if we pollute it, we've seen what happens with that. But not just that. That's more superficial. It's a living being. Yeah. yeah. What if our attitudes affect this yes. planet too. I what agree. if you have a whole group of people that are feeling the same way? We've talked about you know the power, you know, power of many people doing power, things. Prayer, everything. Yeah, not that. just not just doing physical things, but just making things just kind of happen, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, mojo. Yeah. Right. 
Uh, one thing I've been thinking about a lot is maybe we are just so off the rails right now mentally. Um, the planet's responding to that too. Yes. Assuming the idea that we're just again we're just as much a part of it as it is a part of us, or or back and forth, whatever. You know, this to me this is all a big experiment. And we've we've done this before. This we go through these cycles. There's been other civilizations that yeah. go, go back and. And it's happy before. If you don't get it right, you know, you've got to start over. I mean, yeah. you have to. And I think we're the first maybe generation to go back into history, try to figure this out. Yeah. But I th- also think we're, you know, we're really effed up in this as far as, you know, fighting each other, yeah. not loving each other, polluting the planet, you know, and it can't go on well there's no self-reflection I think yeah people are here to check this out say yeah guys man you gotta get it right I think to me there's no self-reflection yeah I consider that a very important component of who I am right is this idea of the no bullshit idea of self-reflection like be honest with yourself if you're a fool call yourself on it and sometimes you need people to tell you that too right point to Amber (laughs) you you need people to kind of keep you centered (coughs) right I think there's there's a breakdown with that because I think it all comes down to that this idea of self reflection because uh, I don't see people I see people reacting I don't see people thinking anymore I mean you have to react to things I understand that but oh, a lot absolutely. of times it should be more calculated yeah. I see people just knee jerk knee jerk and, and I don't even want to talk about social media that thing is just that's scary to see things like yeah. go on there the way they do but it's you just by design it, yeah. it, it well it seems to be. Well, yeah, yeah, right? Keep your face in it. Keep your face in that. Keep yourself yeah. distracted. So you can't actually sit down and, and look in the mirror. Yeah. I mean, really look in the mirror at yourself right. and say, what can I do here? Like, what can I do to straighten my act out a little bit here? I have this problem. And it starts with us. Yeah. yeah. It totally starts with us, yeah. I think. I, I think I'll, I think this idea of self-reflection, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. I don't think people, and I'm not perfect. I'm far no, from perfect. No, no, I mean, I'm still trying to get it right. Some of that's not our fault because we're... We're conditioned to uh, react a certain way, like yeah. you said, reaction. Yeah. Uh, be a certain way, and if we don't, we don't follow the rules. We're gonna yeah. you get thrown in prison. Whatever. You know. I mean, I'm not saying going on being evil, but I'm just saying, you know, we're so conditioned to be a certain way that we don't take time to figure out how can I change it? How can what can I do? This yeah. isn't right. Like yeah. you said, you don't look in the mirror. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we're conditioned to even just ignore everything that's around us. I mean, that's one thing we talked. I know I've talked about that right. a lot. Is I think people, especially now, spiritualism, you know, and I have my drawbacks with everything. I think we all kind of have our own ideas. Right. Um, but I think the further we go with with tech, with with a generation of people being raised on tech, which I think is phenomenal. It's how I make my living too. Uh, this idea of thinking about things. Well, and there's this idea in tech and IT and all these things. You know, the the, the whole cliche line, thinking out of the box, blah, 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 right? <laughs> and I think, yeah, it's great to do that when you're writing code, but I think... Or I think he was coming out of the box, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. But, like, I think a lot of people that get into that, they, that's, they're in that universe. Like, it, it is staring at the phone. What's the newest thing? What's, you know, what's the new toy we have to play with today? What's the new thing we can figure out today? And I don't think people think about the bigger picture in the universe and everything around right. them, how, right. how they may affect things. I don't know about you guys, but it blows my mind when they show a picture of people walking in, like, in New York City. And everybody, yeah, is just it's scary. Out. It's completely insane. I, I don't know how they walk. Yeah, I'm not bumping each other, but it's yeah. Where I work at, we have a hard, you, hard policy on that. Yeah. What's that, Amber? Do you remember this? I mean, this. Do you remember going, coming to Green Haven? 
And when Pokemon Go came oh, out. Oh, it was ridiculous. Augmented reality. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But talk about, like, one of the freakier things. Everybody was sat, like staring at their phone playing the game together. Yeah. It was, was kind of bizarre. Cool. It was yeah. cool on one level that everybody was joining in and playing this game. But yet, everybody, because you had to look at your phone to see yeah. these little Pokemon and, yeah, the augmented reality. The reality was through the phone. And that was the trippiest thing. It was like zombies. Yeah, it's true. Because yeah. 90% of the people were doing it, and including you know, I me. <laughs> I don't want to sound yeah. like I'm some old-fashioned guy, but, you know, my grandmother said this, and then now we say this, but, you know, when I was a kid growing up in the 50s and 60s, yeah, you know, we didn't have the cell phones and all that and other games, but, you know, we had to use our imagination, and we had to go out and have fun yeah. some way, but... Is, is it a bad thing we got technology? No, it's good for a lot of things. It's one way we can communicate a lot quicker and yeah. get the ideas out. It's a lot of great things. Yeah. 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 Uh, but at the same time, uh, the Pokemon stuff, you know, sure. the, the stuff that you're... The distractions. Distractions. Well, and, and even with being, you know, it goes without saying, even with having this connection we all have, instantaneous communication from anywhere on the planet yeah. now, right. I think people are more fragmented than they've ever been. Yeah. Really, yeah. it really gets that. I, I I don't see people. I that's one thing. I mean, especially going to conferences like that. My favorite thing to do is to hobnob and have conversations with people. Right, have right. a real conversation with right. someone, talk about real things. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think a lot of people, their world revolves around. And those damn kids. It ain't like that. Huh? That's it's people that are older than me. I see this all the time. Exactly. I mentioned already where I work at. Exactly. We have a hard rule. Yeah. Like you are not allowed to sit there with your device in your hand while you walk. Right. I mean, there's equipment. There's there's machines. There's all yeah. kinds of it's stuff. Dangerous. It's dangerous. So it's a serious. Like if you get caught doing it, like they they can walk you. For, they're like this is not a joke. We've had too many accidents. Right. Uh, it goes without saying. Like no, when you're driving on the premises, do not do that. So. I mean, it's a very real thing. People, at least where I work at, they're like, we can't have this. This is scary. And that's just that's just on this, again, the superficial level of that, too, where it's just people not paying attention and then getting themselves hurt. I, I ride my bicycle, and this, this is insane to me. I'll be riding my bicycle on a street or a sidewalk, and I'll look ahead of me because I'm, like, watching. I have to. I can get hurt. <laughs> Bicycles are dangerous, yes. right? And I'll see that somebody on a looking at their device, and they're looking down, and I'm going, dude! I'm yelling at him and going, "Hey, I'm coming up!" And they, three warnings I give them, right. and then I just go around them. I have no other choice. But if I had, if I just would have kept going straight, we would have collided. And that really is, it's disturbing to me a bit. And that's just again the superficial level that I think when I was when I was going into this whole tech thing was just. People aren't really looking at the big picture anymore, I don't think. about, And I don't even know what the big picture is. No. But I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm thinking about it. I'm trying to understand it. We need to it. get one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah anything. I mean, and, uh, there's no name for this. It's, I don't even, again, I don't know what the hell it is. But people just think more, what do I have to do to get this thing done today? I have these tasks in front of me, and that's what I'm done. When I'm, that's done. I'm done. Then I go drink craft beer. Yeah. Or whatever it yeah, might be, yeah. you know, and it's a it's a gripe, I know, yeah. but it's something I think. The longer I work in this field myself, the more I find myself being pulled into that thought. Like there's more to this than just chasing ghosts or looking for UFOs. Right. To me, for me, it's always been about the glue, how they all relate, and how it relates into where we're at in this universe. I guess, like, what are we doing? 
What's our purpose? What's our purpose? Who are we? And that, to me, I know, it's an unanswerable question. Right. Buddhists sit there and meditate on this stuff yep. to the point where they don't feel pain anymore. I right. know, right? right? Um, but it's good to think about, and I think it changes you. It changes your DNA. It changes yourselves. Yep. It changes everything about you when you start getting into that kind of thought. Hopefully, people maybe, I don't know. I've been told we're, we're on a spiritual... Ascension. We're, yeah. we're, we're on this, we're on that fork right now. Like, either we get our act together or right. we don't get our act together. Yeah. And it'll and the universe and the earth will respond accordingly. Exactly. Right? So, we do have a choice. Yeah, we do. Good morning, guys. And, we do. Uh, that's important to remember, that we have... Take cards, we can still control three bookmarks. It. Yeah, I think we can. And, Take it uh, all. But they don't want you to. They don't want you to think about it, so... But who's they? Well... Uh, not that a, I'm not trying to grill yeah, you either, no, no, no. but I'm, I'm but really curious because everybody says they. But you know, there are certain factions of people that have had a control for a long time that don't want you to know what they know. Yeah, it's like if you don't know how to read. Uh, back in the day, when I had a book, yeah, I could tell you anything. Yeah, well, that's what the book said. Well, you don't know that because you couldn't read it. Yeah, so they can tell you anything they want. Yeah. And they can make uh, it up as they go along. Right. They, they do. don't want you to have their money. Well, that's they don't the basis. Want you to have their ideas. That's their the knowledge. basis of the economy, right there. It's it's yeah. an idea that you don't know this, yeah. but I do. So you're going to pay for me to help you with that. Yeah. That's the that's the basis of the American economy. That's how it all works. As soon as you get a taste of that richness, and if you came up with the idea, and that greed happens, you don't want anybody else to have it. No. Yeah. So the idea is, you know, you you go, you you become a doctor, because that's a small talent pool. Right. That's why they make so much money. Right. But they can tell you. I go to my doctor. The stuff cracks me up. She knows. I'm coming and just yelling. I'm like, I think I know medicine more than this guy does. Because I'm spending the time trying to understand it. And that's why they practice it. Right. I always say that. They're practicing medicine. They don't know medicine. They're practicing. They're practicing, which scares the crap out of me. Because what are you practicing on me? Unfortunately, when you go and have an operation, you don't have to. But usually, you have to sign a piece of paper that says. Yeah, we kill you. Yeah, if I kill you, it's okay. Yeah, it's, I'm not going to be sued for it. Your right. family, oh, whatever. Right. It's also frustrating. And you know a lot of people, I know a lot of people that's happened to. And it's like, it's nothing you can do about it. So Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank we you we probably left here with our blood, blood pressure a little yeah, bit elevated no, 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 now. No, no. And I, you know, I find myself falling into that, this idea though, like, this, everything around us is really cool. It's interesting stuff to talk about and look at and yeah. things you can get here, but this is what I come here for is to have these conversations that we had here. Thank you. My pleasure. Appreciate Thanks for it, having sir. me. Thanks, man. All right, man. Cool. Thank you. Ghostly Talk. Hi, my name is Kim Dotson, and I'm with the Mid-Michigan Paranormal Convention, along with my friend and co-host, Justin Arnold. Justin's, uh, Justin said he's the looks. That's true. <laughs> said you're the voice. I'm the voice, yes. All right. Thanks for sitting down for a minute. Thanks for having us. Let's talk about this because let's talk about a paranormal convention at a paranormal convention. The first okay, time I think we, we might create, actually create like okay. some type of vortex doing this. I don't know. We're kind of going back and forth down down awesome. the rabbit hole. Thank you let's so talk much. about this. What, is, what, what conference is this? Um, we're the Mid Michigan Paranormal Conference. Yeah, you mentioned that. We're Sorry, the babies. You, you know, we're kind yeah. of the new kids on the block. We're going into our third year. Okay. Um, we hold it down in uh, Flint, Michigan. Yeah. It's lots of fun, but we realized there was nothing in that area at all. Yeah. And of course, these guys do such a great job here at Michigan Paracon uh, that we wanted to bring something sort of like that back this to our is, area. Uh, this is quite uh, overwhelming. I said and this earlier. And you know what? I have to break in. Is this my mic on? No, I turned you off, Amber. I don't. No, I'm kidding. 
I can um, hear you. you know, it's in this is the conference is in Flint, an area that desperately needs more awesome activities. With how much has happened there, yeah. like yeah. So yeah. Who's going to be at this conference? Oh, we have a great lineup. We, yeah. have, of course, have Amber Rose Hammond that we're super excited. Oh, who's that? Who's that? Ex- what? Super that loser. Excited. Super excited to have yeah. her. Yeah. And uh, we have Tim Shaw, yeah. Andrea Perrin. Yeah. We have um, Tyler Strand from yeah. the Hellier with uh, um, Dana and Greg Newkirk. And we also have um, Plato Angelicus, a demonologist out of Canada. Yeah. yeah. And I'm doing really good here. We also have. <laughs> you were doing El- that by memory. Yeah. We have the yeah. thing right here on the table. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. sharp. Yeah, we have Al Kelchner. We're super happy to have him from the Willow Creek Farms, Haunted yeah. Willow Creek Farms. Um, Daniel Mackin, he's yeah. uh, the Michigan Paracon um, group. And we also have Don Peer, a Bigfoot researcher out yeah. of the UP. Yeah. So we have a great lineup and uh, mm-hmm. super excited. You, you kind of give a reason why you guys started doing this, you know, because the area, geographically speaking. <laughs> what other reasons do you have? to do a conference. I, mean, I want to know. Like, well, what well, really is, um, you know, my background of since 2009, I've been hosting psychicalistic festivals all over the state. Okay. So, you know, into the metaphysical. I really wasn't um, into the paranormal per se. Right. But then, um, obviously, I, I actually started uh, talking to different people, reading different books, and it mm-hmm. just became something that I was really interested in. And I realized there had to be others like me yeah. in that area that uh, would like to see the same thing and see those um, types of vendors, those type of authors, those type of speakers, presentations yeah. Yeah, yeah. in our area. That's oh, totally cool. Yeah. I like these. Uh, I've said, I'll say this probably every person I talk to here today, but I think my main my main thing for going to these for all these years has just been the fact that you get everybody under the same roof like this, and you just you nerd out. Absolutely, you know, and that's that's the fun part about these things. Uh, RJ next door to us, we were talking earlier. I'm from the same town as RJ. Oh yeah, yeah. But you know, there's there's we were chatting a minute ago about that and how we have. The wonders of technology that makes us communicate in ways we never imagined we could. However, people just don't have conversations anymore, I don't think, like real conversations. And that's my number one reason that I go to these things as on this side of the table or the other side of the table is to actually just have real conversations with people. Uh, Because there's a lot of stuff that you don't... well. Studying this stuff, you really don't know anything. No matter, I keep saying that to people. Right. The more, the more you learn about this, the more you don't know shit. Right. <laughs> really? Absolutely. There's just always something that somebody's been, you know, ideas that people have. They don't have to even really, you know, they don't have to have a book or, or other, you know, I don't know, book like Amber here, her, her setup. Uh, they don't. You don't have to have stuff like that. You just have to come with an idea. Yeah, an experience. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I understand that you have to have an artifact sometimes for an idea. But a lot of times, there's people who just show up here and hang out for that reason. They just want to talk about stuff. There's people. There's just been. There's been a couple people this morning that I just stepped out to grab coffee or use the restroom or something and bump into somebody, and I could tell these a couple people I talked to. They just wanted to talk about something. Right. They had an idea and they wanted a sounding board on that. Right. And that's what you do. Mm-hmm. See what people have to say. Right? Absolutely. Um, yeah, maybe their ideas may conflict with your ideas as far as what your beliefs are. But if you got a problem with that and you come to one of these things, right. you're in the wrong building That's right, right now. That's I, right. I don't, and I've seen this. Uh, I've always thought, found the, the paranormal community to be funny in that aspect. You actually have people that will debate on topics. I'm like, what are we really debating about here? Right. None of us know what the hell's going on. Really. <laughs> exactly. How, how do we debate this stuff? But some people, like I said, they come here and they just want to talk to somebody. Absolutely. And some people, they they don't. 
you you can see it. I know people. I I know I'm I'm that person sometimes too. You get they're awkward. You know, and they talk to them. Right. Let them talk about something. Absolutely. Right? And that's my favorite part about these things. I think one of my favorite parts too is yeah. um, you know seeing people and connecting because yeah. you may have met them on social media. You see their yeah. picture. You've had a couple lines, or you're in the same kind of group. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're walking towards you, and you're like, ah, you know. I'm still weird with that. I love that. I think it's. I mean, I, I'm not weird with it, but I've, I, you know, in this field or other things I do. You're like, oh, hey, Scott. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, 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 man. I saw your post the other day. It was hilarious. I'm like, (laughs) I still, I I have a hard time even being immersed in this stuff for all the years that I've been immersed in it. I still have that disconnect with that, I guess, myself. Like, I still don't realize that the virtual world and the real world, they are kind of like, they're married now. They're woven together. And I'm still trying to figure that part out. Like, right. I still, I'm still like, uh, what? You know? Yeah. I, and I mean, that's that's really funny coming from me. I know I've been doing a podcast for 300 years on the internet. You'd think I had embraced this more at this point, but I am a number of people that you've talked to. Yeah, yeah. And I still, I'm still kind of like, you, you watched what? You did what? Like you saw what I did on the on what website or whatever? And I still try. I'm still trying to understand that. I guess maybe it's because I'm old and cranky. I don't. I don't know what it is, uh, but people, the, a younger generation, even an older generation, that's how life is now. Right. Those two things are. They're not autonomous. They are together, and there. There's no difference anymore. Absolutely. So you know, it, it's cool. Mm-hmm. And that's why, yeah, you get people that finally want to break out of that and come here and actually talk to people. Right. That to me is the most important thing. Yeah, and I think to the vendors. Yeah. Right. I mean, just to be able to, you know, one to have all the books available to you yeah. and get them signed. Yeah. And then the other part is like, you know, like some of the, um, like the little tiny dowsing rods I saw over there today, or the yeah. runes, the handmade runes, or, yeah. um, you know, the uh, Sasquatch moldings, or you know, that's. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's just all part of it. Like everything is here. There's nothing you're gonna miss. I mean, yeah. even to getting a reading or to, uh, you know, having a healing session done. Yeah. It's all here. Well, whatever, yeah, whatever you're into. Yep. Whatever I mean, you're into. You know, and I, well, I like about this conference and a lot of conferences I've been to. Is you cover the whole spectrum, right? Uh, you know, you go from the you know the more metaphysical side of things, the, you know, the more you know drooling type hippie stuff. I guess I don't know what you want to call it, to the hard stuff like cryptozoology, uh, and you know, studying UFOs and things like that, which I consider more harder science. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess you could call it that because well, it's best. It's as hard. It's hard to right. apply science to any of this stuff, yep. in my opinion. Yep. Nothing's proven, but it is a more of a physical thing. You're talking about a more tangible thing, like you know, a UFO is something that you you should be able to walk up to and touch. Mm-hmm. You know, Maybe. smell it. Right. See it. Right. I don't. Don't taste it. That'd be no. kind of gross. <laughs> Lick uh, it. <laughs> and, and same thing with, a, with with like a Sasquatch, for example. Again, don't taste it. It's gross. Yeah. Um, but. You know, you cover this entire spectrum, though. That's the whole point. And I think that's really interesting. So anybody who comes to these conferences, especially this one, uh, there's not, you're going to find something you're interested in. Absolutely. That you want to you want to explore further and talk to people that maybe have more experience in it than you. Right. They don't know more than you. They just have more experience. In it. Absolutely. And the same thing is going to happen at the Mid Michigan Paranormal Convention. Absolutely. What's the date on that again? The date is November third, two thousand nineteen. Coming up quick. Coming up quick. We are Real so quick. excited. Yeah. Um, you can get tickets. Tickets are on sale now. We also have a lot of. Uh, we have three actual private sessions where yeah. you can do a uh, in the dark seance with Kristen Roberts, the great medium. Yeah. Um, we also have Reverend Tim Shaw coming, and he's. Gonna 
going to do dowsing. Yeah. And we have uh, Xy Smith, of course. Yeah, our neighbor uh, over here. Yeah. yeah. Xy doing a spiritual gallery reading. So yeah. we're excited about that too. But yeah, we have our, our website is um, midmichiganparacon.com, mm-hmm. and you can buy tickets right there or learn a little bit more about the speakers that we have lined up and our vendors too. Yeah, Amber won't let me go. Uh, I know. Can go. <laughs> she said, "I'm I'm barred." I got we, kicked. I got kicked out of something I've never even been to. It's got to be a new I record for something yeah, that's somewhere. What he said. We're so excited to see you in Flint. I'm sorry, I can't go. <laughs> Amber said I can't go. Okay, for the record, it, now it's been recorded. You can go. <laughs> I think you're just doing that for the cameras. Yeah. <laughs> Fake news. Thank you. No, looking Thanks. forward to that. Oh, Maybe great. you'll see me. Hopefully, you'll see me. Okay. If not, we'll have her get her phone out and just show us a screenshot of you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, no problem. Ghostly Toss! Russ. Yes? Scott? Hi, Russ. How are you? I'm good. Yeah? How was your lollipop? It was very good. Where'd you get it from? I got it from, uh, Mally. Who? Mally. Oh, okay, alright. I'm sorry. I got it from Paranormal Girls. Oh, okay, table. cool. Alright, where are they at? I don't, where, where, where? They're over in the main room. So I got I got about a half lap, not even a half lap, and I bumped into Tenny, and we took off and we oh, chatted for boy. a few minutes. And you, bumped, you bumped into John? Yeah. Yeah? He's over at his table. Yeah, but you get in a conversation with John, that can last a long time. Well, the thing about... That boy is a wealth of knowledge. Yes, he is, but the thing about these conferences, though, and this happens whenever we hang out with John at these conferences, is so many people know him here. <laughs> he's so widely acclaimed that when you start talking about something, 30 people, but by that point, yeah. 30 people have come by and, and said hi. And it's cool. I mean, yeah. everybody wants to say hello. That happens so, with you. I, I tried to stop by a couple times today, and everybody's talking to you or Amber People Rose. are like, so what do you guys do here? I'm like, oh, God, mixing board microphones, really, dude? No. Well, you know. No, it's cool. Sometimes no. the obvious eludes people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah, it's a, and we're like... We're past a halfway and, point and, now. And what does the sign say? Ghostly Talk Podcast. Mm. Ghostly Talk I Party wonder. Machine. <laughs> I wonder. Ghostly Talk Drinking Team. Yeah. I don't know. Ghostly Talk, man. We go way back. We do. We go back a couple years. A couple? Uh, More than a couple. A couple. Yeah. Back when you and if Bonnie you and... Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we tried getting Bonnie out here, and she uh, has other stuff going on, so she couldn't yeah. make it. Uh, but she yeah, still cracks me up on Facebook, though. She always comes up with good ones. She's a goofball. She is, but I love her. Yeah, we we hit, we took her. We she came with us down to Alton uh, for Troy's event. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Because yeah. Bonnie drives. You see, <laughs> I hate driving now. I've got an I drove. Just, Amber drove. She about half. Well, you got yeah. You did about half, and I did about half. I. I okay, wait, hold on. I got to really, Oh, she's oh. on this one now. I drove over the Mackinac Island Bridge for the first time oh, ever. Yeah. Over the grates, too. No, I did not go over the grates. I Where stayed on the mean? other that's side. How you, that's how you do it, like a man. Mm-hmm. What do you mean over on the, the grates. The cement side. Yeah, but they, had, it, they had the grates and the cement side. Yeah, the but ways. they had a section where they were moving you over the grates. No, they just removed that when we went over. <clears throat> that's so same, that's oh, it was really? like it was all lanes were open. Well, then they put it back up when I went over last. Of course, night. naturally. Oh. Yeah, they say they saved us. But that was terrifying. Going over on a motorcycle, though. No, no, because I get vertigo, and as soon as I started going over that bridge, I could not look on either side of me because I was almost starting to feel dizzy. 
And then I told Scott, like, cue up a song for me that, like, will keep my mind off this. Like, cue up a good one. So I put on Paul Stanley. The song starts, and I don't even know what the hell he's playing. Paul Stanley. Like, what is this? What is that? Live to win. Yeah, it's a great song. Like, this montage music. Like, but I didn't even recognize. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know he did did a solo record. Yeah. 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 He did a solo record. I was into Kiss big time when I was a kid. Well. I thought this would pump her up. No, it didn't. It didn't work because I didn't recognize it off the bat. That was the problem. So I was like, what are you doing to me? And then he put on like Faith No More, and I was okay. <laughs> yeah, Bonnie, go, go over the bridge on a motorcycle. No, and those greats, <clears throat> those greats aren't lined up, so it just makes you kind of wobble back and forth as you're oh going over. Oh my god, it, it, it's real fun. I would just, cur- I would just park but, the bike and curl up. But the thing is, you can look straight down and see the water. Nope. See, there, <laughs> boom. I knew, I knew that I would. Nope. It should be done. If you're looking straight down your car, you got more problems of being <laughs> on the bridge. <laughs> And there's only been one car that's gone off the bridge and gone straight down. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that when happened. Was that? Wasn't it a Yugo? Yeah, it was a Yugo. Yeah. It Yugo blew off. And it was back, I don't know, it was back in the 90s It didn't get drove off. It blew off the bridge. It, that's what they say. That's, they think, yeah. They think the wind lifted it up and... Yeah. For real? Yes, yeah, this is, we're not real. joking. Around, huh? and matter, you know what, maybe, maybe I'm goofing around, but maybe I just remember that. Because I remember that was a big deal when it yeah. happened. It was a long time matter ago. Matter of fact, um, we were up here on vacation... And went over to Mackinac Island, and I actually was reading something. I think at the Grand Hotel. It's the only uh, only vehicle that actually has gone off the bridge. God, that's terrifying. You got to wonder what was set up so perfectly for that car to do that when, with when, all the cars. But you think about all the cars since then that oh, have gone over. Like I'll, I'll tell you, there's only been one time that I've been scared going over the Mackinac Bridge, and it was way back in the uh, the eighties, late eighties, early nineties. I was working for a company, and I had to travel up to Munising. And it was January 2nd. I remember it. And it was just a blistery winter day. And I, yeah. had, I had a couple of Supreme Brome. Oh, man. Which those are things. Those are really Well, they're light in the back end, though. Oh, are they? Yeah. And, of course, they had you going over the grates. Because <laughs> oh, they had the, the one lane closed off or something. And I'll tell you what. That was the only time going over the McAdoo Bridge that I was scared because the whole back end of the car felt like it was just floating. Because the wind was so strong, and it, but that's about the only time it's freaked me out. They got a, they, I, no, no, it isn't like as I was looking at it as we were driving along, and they have like I mean it's just it's the cables yep. that go all along. It seems like you can never really go off that thing, but uh, she had to be in the right spot at the right time to go it, off. That it was her time. Something like that happens. It was her time. Like that's yeah, just because, too weird. Because once the cables start going. Going up and the you got the cables coming down and you can't get a car through. Yeah, there, no way. Now Bonnie likes to drive though. Yeah. So it's nice to have her. Now it's nice to have Bonnie regardless, but it's it's a bonus because Bonnie just likes to drive. Yeah. So it's I can a lot so, like me. I can't and I hate driving. I just oh, can't I love stand to drive. it. So yeah, well, and every year we do the Alton thing. We go down to see go down to Troy's conference. She has to get. How many is it usually? We go. We go. What's the name of that place? Oh God! What is um, it? Jack in a box. Jack in a box. They have those tacos, <laughs> and, and the, you can't get them here. No, we don't. They're have down Jack in there, box in Michigan. And she buys like sixty of them. <laughs> take book. And we get them. And they so yeah. And this has happened like three years in a row now. She buys like sixty of them, and they put them in bags, <laughs> paper yeah. bags, which also has bad effects too. I found out this year. Um, and then the entire car for the next 600 miles smells, smells like, like tacos. Smells like yeah. fried tacos. <laughs> and you, after a while, you get used to it. But for those first, like, 200 miles, you're like, and you can't eat them. 
These are for her family. I don't even know how they're good, but she says just put some oil in the pan and fry them back up. Really? Yeah. You don't even keep them cold? <laughs> no, she doesn't bring a cooler. And nobody's died, huh? Nope. Not yet. Not in her family. Uh, they must but, have iron stomachs. Well, we got them out of the car this year, and of course, like the, the what gelatinous goo they make them out of, uh, it starts bleeding through one of the bags, and you know, uh, you know how I am with my cars. So I'm like, ah! <laughs> Thankfully, it got on the plastic. I was able to wipe it off, like yeah. the, the, yeah. part, the, you know, wipe it on the fabric. If it got on the fabric, I'm mean, like, oh, burn it, buy a new hey. car. I can't deal with this. You but, want something that really smells? Have a milk jug leak in your your car. <laughs> For how long? Oh, it was just driving home, but. We bought some milk at the store. Yeah. And we had it in my wife's car. Yeah. And we got home, and we didn't realize it was leaking. Yeah. Well, it got in the fabric of the floor. Oh, oh my God. Oh. And then, and then, you know, and we didn't know how yeah. bad it was until the car sat out in the sun for a couple of days. Yeah. And, oh, you want to talk about a smell. Whoa. So about 22 years ago, <laughs> I, I had a job at a bowling alley, bar, whatever, the whole thing, and we, our whole crew, we all started working together, and over a very short amount of time, it turned into a lot of bad hijinks <laughs> on the clock. So our one friend, Mike, he was roommates with another guy. These guys worked together, and they were roommates. So he had keys to his car. So our friend, Mike, was going on vacation for two weeks. Oh, boy. <laughs> so our other buddy, Dave, who he works with, we all know each other, but these guys are roommates. Dave's like... I got the one. We're going to do this. I'm like, what? He goes and gets a fish, a dead fish. <laughs> oh. Takes the, the dead fish, opens up Mike's car, and puts it under the seat, no. crams it under the seat. <laughs> no. And oh, the thing sits there for two weeks oh. in the middle of the summer. And, you know, literally, like, we all made sure we were in area, in orbit, when he was getting his car. <laughs> And he got in the car. You didn't want to be too close. No, no, no. Yeah, it's in orbit. You know, admire from afar. He gets in his car and he literally starts dry heaving, like just dry heaving everywhere. And he drove the car like that. He didn't know what the hell happened. He drove the car like that for like two days. And he's he's like, I can't find anything in the car. And he's like leaving the windows open and it still stinks because it's a dead fish, like decaying (laughs) under the seat. And finally. He found it, to which he knew what knew you know knew who was the shenanigans were going on, and he didn't talk to all of us for like about two weeks. We had to like work with this guy for like two weeks, and we're like you know we're just kind of like you know he walks by and we're just kind of like you know doing the fish thing as he comes. But it was it really was because even from as far away as we were, I got a whiff of that, and it was just dude. It was the worst thing ever, but it was hysterical. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't give it back for the world. It was it was hilarious, man. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's yeah. But yeah, Bonnie brings these tacos home <laughs> every year, and we got to sit there for the entire trip and smell them. <laughs> and then by the time we drop, we're like, we want to eat again. We're starving to death because we've been smell tacos though. Because what? Marnie has arrived. Oh, I'm going to go here. down oh. to the lobby and collect her. And take her to the, the room. room. Yeah, take her to the room. <laughs> so yeah. Um, Unfortunately, Bonnie couldn't be here for this trip, but we're here. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys are all over in the other room, right? Yeah, yeah. We're over in the other room. We're uh, we're doing the uh, Etsen Incident. Yeah. And then the uh, Ghost Hunts. Cool. Which the Etsen Incident, of course, You should is. talk about the, the ship. Okay, Steven Spielberg, you can leave now. <laughs> I got enough direction. I know okay. what I'm doing. All right. Go get Marnie. Okay. All right. 
So let's talk about the ship. Yeah, we can talk about the ship. <laughs> hey, I got a great like a light bulb went I got off. A, somebody, like yeah, somebody just knock said over the banner. Like somebody just said something to us you about talking about the ship. Oh, my butt can't fit through the rest, though. Oh, no. Hey, hang on. <laughs> you can go over my lap. Let's let the... <laughs> Do it. No. Let's, let's let the queen out. You're no fun. And she Emma is leaving the room. She says I can have as long as she cooks and cleans. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> You're going to pay for that later, dude. Guaranteed. Let's no, talk about the ship. that. What's that? She tells me that all the time. Does she? Yeah, yeah. I just told her. Today. What, the, what the hell else? Don't. What, what else? Do I, <laughs> the ship. We've t- yeah. We've t- we, we've chatted about this in uh, you know in conversations. Oh, yeah. well, let's yep. hear about it, man. Tell me. Tell me a little bit about it. What? Tell me it's, everything. It's Navy destroyer. Yeah. In Bay City. And how uh, many how many years you guys been working on it now? We've been doing it for six years now. Yeah. And yep. I know you guys are pretty tight, like with the because I know there's volunteers. They're like they're old sailors that are like volunteers or yes. something like that. Yes. Right? So, uh, j- most of the volunteers served on in the Navy yeah. on some ship. Um, there actually is one volunteer that actually served on the USS Edson for a period of time. Oh wow! And then a couple of the other gentlemen uh, actually served on ships similar to them. Yeah. The uh, USS Edson, but yeah, it's in Bay City and. Uh, She's a beautiful thing. Yeah, they've uh, they put a lot of work and a lot of energy into her. I keep getting I keep getting beat up for this. I'm trying. I keep trying to get out there, and I've literally made you got promise. an open invitation. I'm, I know, man. and I'm a total I'm a total bum. Yeah, it's just one thing after another happens. I have Boy. to get out there. Um, I just the I, the idea of ships because I had a, a couple of years ago. I got obsessed with the Titanic. Huh? Yeah. And, I mean, and not the stupid movie either. Yeah. <laughs> You're flying, Rose. No, I, <laughs> I, I didn't. I went and watched it finally as a result yeah. of that, just to see what you know, see what it was up. But um, I just became kind of obsessed with this, so I read every book I could find on it, all the witness accounts, all this stuff, um, and it just got me thinking about things. The idea of a structure that fl- <laughs> I mean, I know this is like rudimentary, hilarious stuff, but this is how my brain works. Like the idea of a structure that can float. In the water. It seems impossible to me still. Yeah. But seeing some, I mean, I guess, you know, a smaller, you know, if you got a canoe, I can understand that idea. <laughs> but when you have like a 10,000 ton structure that well, you're floating on the water, it's insane to me. And then you, if, if you go on the Edson, you know, you start looking around and yeah. you see all the metal on the Edson. You see all the, the wires it's running. It's heavy duty. Yeah. You see all the wires running and it's like all the duct work, everything. And it's just like... What the hell was this put together by a committee for crying yeah, out loud? Because yeah. <laughs> there's no rhyme and reason to it back in those days. Of course, yeah. the newer ships are um, better designed, but yeah. back then they just kind of added stuff here, there, and everywhere. But well, automation and things <laughs> now. I mean, it does make things a bit easier. I think. Yep. I mean, back in those days, that, those were hand built. Yeah, that was custom built stuff. I mean, uh, with any with any major like you know automobiles, for example, they were all custom made originally, and I and I know for a fact ships were built custom they were built yep. by craftsmen they were built by people who knew how to work with metal and yep. and do those things so yeah i mean i don't think all the heads are going to come together at the same time <laughs> but it, that just adds to my point though it's just like wow this thing does stuff yeah this thing floats in the water yep. and, it, and it did stuff it, it did it does cool stuff still yeah it's a it's a beautiful monument now well yeah and it, it's a beautiful museum the uh saginaw valley ship museum <clears throat> has uh has done a wonderful job of restoring her and then you know, lots of hours of the volunteers i mean when they first brought her to bay city she had a lot of rust on her and stuff like that yeah. and, and 
you go by her today and everything's all painted up and they yeah. they've done such a beautiful job and they just recently this past spring got um, tore out a lot of the uh, tile on the the main deck okay um, it's called the O1 deck yeah and uh, put in carpeting now granted carpeting wouldn't be found in a ship back in those days no, but no, but, but it just this there was, was docked basically so yeah this is docked and it's a it's a museum but it uh, a lot of the uh, concrete because the floors are all concrete in the ship. That's so, amazing to me. So too. that kind of leads to your <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it leads, yeah. Leads into the fact that okay, that these things are floating and they're made out of metal and everything. But there's concrete in these things between floors, and uh, but a lot of the concrete was starting to break up yeah. and stuff, and it was just going to cost too much to try to repair all that and stuff, and then put yeah. tile back down. So they put carpeting down, and they're they're the industrial square tiles, so yeah. they can take them up and put a new one in if something gets damaged so it's yeah it's easier to work it, with it, it's pretty it looks pretty sharp even though that's not what would normally be in the ship it, it, yeah i think people take for granted structures yeah i think people take <clears throat> those things for granted totally um i mean look where we're, i mean right now where we're at we're in we're in this this room but we're on the second level <laughs> of a building yep and there's like a couple hundred people milling about right now yep and i don't think people people just take those things for granted like engineering and building structures and how they can deal with load and weight tolerance and things like that um people just don't think about this stuff anymore they just nope. think it's a building i just walk into it and do whatever i want and it's only when something like that fails <laughs> that people go oh man oh. this is sucky <laughs> this isn't cool and i always think about that i always think about things like that where i'm when i'm in a big high-rise building or work or whatever i'm like this is like weird still to me and it's even more so weird when it comes to a structure that floats on the water take a plane well I, then even plane, more so plane, the same thing, they're in a you know, giant tube giant, giant tube with a, and it flies it flies to <laughs> the air right? and, and then you put a couple hundred people on it on top of that and all their luggage i guess with i guess without the 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 knowledge my, that i i don't possess it obviously I can't. I, I appreciate it to that level. I guess if you're an engineer and you built stuff like that, you design stuff like that, you're gonna go. Well, yeah. yeah this is the come reason. On, come on, stupid. This isn't that hard. <laughs> man. This isn't that difficult. Uh, but just to see it from you know a, just a fundamental level. Uh oh. We just had. To, I think R- my, RJ's throwing my stuff. phone went off and then I, and then um, something fell. But yeah, like. It's probably Amber Rose trying to call you. Oh God, hang on. You this better is, check that. This is like the worst thing ever, right here. She may be trying to get a hold of you because it's she probably can't some get you no. Out. It's probably some telemarketer because my phone's uh, getting destroyed with that late. crap now. But anyways, yeah, no, I I just totally appreciate stuff like that. Yeah, any type of a uh, uh, vehicle, especially a mass transit vehicle like that, like a, like like a boat or just piss on this phone. I don't care about this thing. Um, so yeah, I just think that's so cool, and I think about that a lot. Yeah, and yeah, like you're you say stuff like that, like oh, there's there's concrete decks. I'm like, okay, concrete. It's a boat. <laughs> yep. It don't make any sense. No. I don't get it, man. It, it, it just freaks me out. But no, I'm glad you guys are doing that. I have to get out there. Yeah. I'm totally well, going to have it. You, you have an open invitation. Thank you. Anytime to come out there. Um, we've had lots of activity on, on her. So <laughs> That's what I've been told. And it's, uh, you know, and it's, it's, it's seen by the volunteers. We've had it on ghost hunts. Yeah. Um, we've also had young kids come on the ship and see things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chief Kegley, who runs the Saginaw Valley Ship Museum, yeah, he's actually seen stuff that he can't explain. Really? For instance, they had a camera 
that was a surveillance camera just to make sure nobody was up on the ship that wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. It was early in the morning, and there was a uh, there's a particular gentleman that uh, has been has come through on EVPs and all sorts of different things, ghost boxes. Yeah. His name is Paul. He used to be a, a docent on the ship when it was over in the uh, over in New Jersey. Yeah. And uh, Paul actually had a heart attack and uh, on the ship. And okay. He, he died. And uh, Paul has come through on a number of occasions. Yeah. I don't know what was going on over there. How do you, um, how do you explain? But, Go ahead. Sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm interrupt you. So Paul likes to pull practical jokes and stuff yeah. from what they were told. Yeah. But when Paul first came through, nobody knew about Paul. And uh, he came. His, vo- his name came through on an EVP, and then the number nine came through. And we didn't know the significance of the number nine. So yeah. Uh, Chief Kegley dug into it and yeah. found out that Paul was a docent and he died in, in uh, I think in, uh, it was 2009, I believe, is when yeah. he died. And that's where the nine comes from. But yeah. he always wore a khaki outfit, yeah, which is what the officers would wear on the ship. Okay. And uh, the uh, chief and uh, one of the volunteers, Jack, were sitting in the office mm-hmm. and... Uh, Jack's sitting there looking at the uh, video camera for the surveillance, and he says, Hey, Chief, when would you let that guy on in the, uh, on the ship? And yeah. the Chief says, I didn't let any guy on. They're looking at a video of a guy in a tan outfit, <clears throat> walks down towards the camera, then walks away from the camera, and then just all of a sudden just vanishes, just the disappears. Hell, man. <clears throat> so um, Tim Shaw was on last year, um, came to do a ghost hunt, and yeah. he was our guest. On the ship, and we were down in what's called the 9-11 room, and uh, he was talking to the whole group. We had probably about 20 people in the in the 9-11 room. We're yeah. all sitting around, and Tim's talking about Ouija boards and all the different things that he's into, yeah. spiritually and everything. And all of a sudden, he just he's looking off towards the doorway, and he sees something, and Tim almost cracked his head open trying to run towards whatever it was. Yeah. And, uh, of course, didn't catch it. But Tim says, all the years he's been doing this, he says there's been only two times that he's seen a full-body apparition. That was the second time that Whoa. he'd ever seen one. For real? For real. That's what Tim said. So, and I mean, he, he was running. Yeah. He, almost tri- he, he almost tripped on a board and almost cracked his head open because he went falling forward. But Falling forward. Yeah. <laughs> so there's all sorts of things that happen on there. And then we also do uh, the uh, Etzen incident. Yeah. The whole month of October, we we basically turn the ship into a haunted ship, or in essence, a haunted house. Yeah. But it's a haunted ship. You have we have five decks. You go up and down, start, walk up all the way to the bridge, and then you're all the way down. By the time you're done, you're all the way down in the engine room and af- in the after the ship. And. Uh, you know, our, our motto yeah. is we'll scare the ship out of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, ba- it's been a great fundraiser yeah. for, for the Saginaw Valley Ship Museum. And it's helped put money back into the ship and restore. How do you think a ship can be haunted, though? I mean, I know it's kind of an open-ended question, but these have to be asked, though. Um, I, mean, do you, I mean, I guess, not to put words in your mouth, but... Do you feel it may just I mean, that a ship is no different than any other structure? I, I don't think so. Um, in that, you know, a lot of people believe that 
you know, a place that's haunted or, or, or even an object that's haunted and yeah. stuff like that, a lot of times it's because a spirit has attached itself to that location or to that object. Yeah. And they've attached themselves to that ob- object or location for some reason. Maybe maybe they like that object or they liked that location. Yeah. And like in the, in the case of Paul, I believe Paul had worked on the, the ship for like 19 years or something. Yeah. Um, so that was his baby. So it was his baby. Yeah. And he actually lived on there because he actually had a room on the ship. Oh, okay. So that was his home. So it was his home. So, yeah. you know, maybe because his, of his love, that's where his spirit wants yeah. to stay. Is because that's where he loved to be and that's where he wants to be in the afterlife. Yeah. You know, who knows? Yeah. We'll never know unless we get some type of technology where they can tell us exactly why the heck they're there. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, obviously Paul had a love for the ship. Yeah, I just made me think about that. that. You know, typically when you think of a haunting, I mean, I think what most people think in their mind is that, you know, it's attached to, I mean, I know graveyards. Yeah. But, and second, you know, most importantly, I think is houses, like, you know, structures, buildings. Yep. Buildings themselves. Uh, Ones that don't move on the water. Yeah. Right. I wonder if there's any haunted airplanes. Yeah, probably are. I mean, it's just, you know, just based on that idea, like, I mean, well, how many people live on airplanes, though? That's the thing. It's different. Yeah. I mean, it may be different, but I'm wondering if that may... Because, I mean, going along what you said, I mean, you know, a spirit can attach itself to any object. Right. So that pretty much disguised the limit when you say that, right? Yep. So that's just an interesting thing. Well, a good person to talk about in that is John Zaffis, you know? Yeah. He's around here. We saw him a couple yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. Johnny's around here today. He may be, yeah. But... You know, you go to his pole barn and see all the objects that he's yeah. gotten over the years from people who didn't want the object because they thought it was haunting them. And, mm-hmm. and Johnny, of course, goes in and binds it and makes sure that it's not going to cause any more problems. Yeah. I mean, Johnny's told us stories where all of a sudden he'll end up with packages on his doorstep and it's an object he's told that me somebody that. Sent, yeah. sent to his house. And he's like, he doesn't even know where it came from. But, yeah. You know, so... I think it's just it's just that idea that we said that yeah, uh, whatever energies these are, they can attach themselves to just about anything, right? That they yeah. may care about. Yeah, I mean that's the thing too. I think there and is I, that. And element. I think that's the key, Scott. It's things that they care about. So yeah, whether it's an object, whether it's a building, whether yeah. it's a ship, that element. Yep. That that uh, that you have to have. I think you have to have that as part of the secret sauce, so to say. Yeah. Is that there has to be that emotional attachment. And there's been other things that have happened on the ship that just are unexplainable. I mean, one of the the, uh, volunteers, Bill Randall, um, has been up in the forward berthing area, and he he knows that he closed the door and and dogged it. Or or no, he he left the door open. Pardon me. He left the door open, and he went forward in the ship. And then when he came back, the door was all dogged. Really? And he says, there was nobody else on the ship but him. He says, "And, and we've had... Even during our investigations, we've heard things that we can't explain. Yeah, um, I didn't happen to be there the the one night it happened, but um, they were doing a ghost hunt on the ship, and Wayne and Chris and Joe and a number of the guests yeah. were in the nine eleven room, and all of a sudden they hear something that there's a stairwell just outside the nine eleven room. Sounds like somebody just came crashing down the stairs. Okay, and. They thought for sure. Matter of fact, can I swear? Yeah, go ahead. My wife says, oh, shit, somebody <laughs> just fell on down the stairs. Yeah. So she 
Wayne goes over and he opens up the door. There's nobody there. But they heard just bam, 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 bam down the stairs. Yeah. And Wayne goes upstairs and and finds one of our other guests in the uh, wardroom, which is directly up above. And he says, did you hear that? He says, yeah, I thought it was you guys. He says, no, (laughs) we thought it was you or somebody up here. So we had people down in the 911 room, somebody immediately above them upstairs, Mm -hmm. and nobody saw anything, but everybody heard the noise. Yeah. What is it? What is it? Well, yeah. No, no, a conference like this, we're gonna we, we're sitting here the whole weekend asking questions. Yep. Unfortunately, we're gonna have a lot. Well, I should say, fortunately, we're gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna have a lot of great conversations. Unfortunately, we're gonna leave here not with the same with more. the same questions. Yep. Right. We're not gonna have any real answers, and I don't mean that in a, in a bad way. But that's what I think is what keeps uh, at least keeps me fueled. Uh, this to keep me involved and trying to find answers. And I think that's what keeps everybody involved. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think mean everybody that's involved in the paranormal community is you know looking for answers what, what what is it what is what is in the afterlife do we really come back do we you know yeah people who believe animals come back you know my wife has had all sorts of experiences that, mm-hmm. that I can't explain I've met people on a funny note I've met people who've gotten involved with this stuff and they're you know look I, I was young once too you were yeah I know it's I was young once. Anyways, yeah, I can make yeah, some stupid joke. Were. But yeah. um, I know when me and Doug started doing our thing years ago, we had a mission statement. And our mission statement simply was, we're going to prove the existence of the afterlife. <laughs> Didn't realize at the time that we were biting off way more than we could <laughs> chew. However, it was a great learning experience. Yep. Over the years, I've come into contact with people. Who had that same idea? Fine. Yep. And these were people that were actually older. Whatever. Don't matter. Um, they had that same idea. They had that same mission statement. And maybe they spent a year at it. Maybe they spent six months at it. I don't remember the numbers. But they got so discouraged that they just threw their hands up and walked away. And, I mean, I've had conversations with these people. I'm like, why, why are you doing that, man? Well, I just, I'm not getting any results here. What did you expect to get? Yeah. I mean, really, what did you think? I mean, look, maybe you are the one. I don't know. Maybe you are special. I don't know. Um, but just because it did, it, well, first of all, you're not really giving it any time. Yep. Uh, I can say personally, over you know over two decades of research now, I can count on barely two hands things that I would consider anomalous. Yep. That I've experienced, either I, recorded I or saw or felt. I, I, I mean, things that I would sincerely consider, like, I can't explain this. I've had plenty of other things happen that, no, no, this is just, the, look, it's it, the house is falling apart. <laughs> that thing fell off the wall yeah. because gravity, which is a very real thing, took it down. Well, that we, was nothing spiritual, nothing ethereal. Yep. Uh, I, I just, I've met people like that. Because yeah. they expected... To break this whole thing wide open, I'm like, it's just not that simple. Well, and unfortunately, I think some people are a little delusional because of what they see on TV. And and, and this is yeah. this is this is not a knock to any of the TV shows. Um, the fact of the matter is, 
you know, they're taking a week or two weeks of evidence that they've collected. Yeah. And they're cramming it all into a half hour show. Yeah. And so people think, oh, I'm going to get. Of course, you're going to get all. The, you're going to. You're going you're to get all the good cuts. You're not going to get the filler. Yeah. You're not going to get all the filler. Yeah. And people, I think, jump into this field thinking, oh, you know what? We're going to go out. We're going to do an investigation. We're going to catch something. Yeah. Now, the 13 years that we've been doing this. Very rarely do we ever catch anything. You spend a lot of time sitting in a dark room asking yeah, questions totally. and not can't getting say that enough, a single man. thing. Yeah, yeah. But when you do get that one, <laughs> that one or two things, it's like, wow, yeah. And that's what I think. That's what keeps yeah. you going. Yeah, is when you do find that evidence. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's few and far between. Right, and that's and being that's being gratuitous with yep. that with that statement. Yep. Uh, yeah, and I do agree. I. And, you know, and there was beat Grant. I'm looking at Grant Wilson right now as I'm talking. I'm looking, which is it's just hilarious. Grant's over there. Like, oh, imagine that. It's Grant. Um, I mean, yeah, those are the facts. And I, well, those are the facts. I mean, and look, I know there's a lot of people here. I've seen a million people with Ghost Hunters T-shirts on. Yep, that's great. Yep, you enjoy it. You enjoy the show. It's fine. And if it, I've stood by this for years. If that inspired you to go and try things, do stuff, that's fantastic. Well, to be honest with you, Ghost Hunters is kind of what got our group into Okay. It. You know, because it's when Ghost Hunters first came out. We were watching Ghost Hunters and Yeah. And you know, my my wife actually I didn't I didn't join MPI right away. Yeah. My my wife uh, was actually up in uh, we were up north. Matter of fact, I think it was Burt Lake and we were talking reading uh, I think it was Michigan Haunted Locations or something a, a book. She yeah. was going through haunted stories and stuff and happened to have the Bath Massacre in there. And uh, the kids were really interested in it. And mm-hmm. So my wife got back home, and we were kind of watching Ghost Hunters. And, and she says, well, I'm going to go online and look for a paranormal group. And so she went online, and she found Wayne Miracle. And then <laughs> and Wayne says, hey, yeah, yeah, we're just starting up this new group. The, co- the founder's Chris Forsythe. Yeah. You know, and, and our first investigation's coming up, and we're going to meet at the cemetery. Kukuk Cemetery. This is exactly how it all came together yep. for me, this too. Is a, Same this way. This is how it came, it came together for us. Yeah. And so my wife says, hey, I'm going out to do an investigation at Kukuk Cemetery with a couple guys I met on the internet. I says, well, have fun. Be yeah. safe. Call me when you... Sound... <laughs> call me and let me know that you're safe. Back then it would sound safe. a little wild, but yeah. now it's like that's what you oh, yeah. do. Yeah. But that's, that's literally how we got involved with MPI, and then, of course, I started getting interested in it. I'm more, I'm more the guy who looks for... You know, I'd say I'm more skeptic. I'm the one who's always looking for, okay, what's the logical explanation for this? Yeah. And there's stuff that we've caught over the years that I can I can honestly say I'm like, I can't explain this yeah, yeah. at all. You know, I, I just watched the new Ghost Hunters with uh, with Grant this past uh, Wednesday or Thursday, whatever night it was on. Yeah. I guess it was Wednesday night. And, uh, you know, I, I commented to uh, Grant online that I, I like the fact that they – they they were doing the debunking. All right. And, and so I haven't watched it. I, I mean, yeah, if, if you get a chance to watch it, yeah, they spent a lot right. of time concentrating on the debunking. They did catch some evidence, yeah, things that they can explain, but they also showed the debunking, which I thought was kind of nice because it made made it a little more real. Yeah, maybe it'll that's it'll balance it a bit. You know. Yeah, I mean, and I mean that's what we do as a group is yeah. is let's try to figure out what caused this first, and if we can't explain it, we can't explain it. Well, as I said, inspiration comes from a lot of places. Yep, and I'm I'm totally great with that. I think a lot of people got into the field as a result of that, and I think the people that are still around from that are the ones that realized quick, like, oh, this is a totally different animal. This is not what we saw yeah and it's way more tedious 
and it takes a lot more time. Yeah. And it's not as re- I, and I say rewarding. I don't. But yeah, I think some people's rewards like, oh my god, look at this picture I got. Yep. It's well, gonna be awesome. You know. And, and you know, I, I think a lot of people don't understand how much time goes into it. And yeah. because, okay, you got everybody's got a recorder running for five, six hours at night. Well, you got to review all those those recordings, yeah. and you got video. And I mean, when we first started out as a group, we're like, "Oh, you know, we're going to put eight cameras in there." Yeah, you know, and you got freaking eight hours of of uh, of uh, video. Yeah, you got to go over and now. You, and you got eight cameras, multiple cameras. Yeah, multiple cameras. So eight times what? eight, sixty-four. Right? Yeah, <laughs> sixty-four hours. Yeah. of sitting there, and you want to talk about something that will bore you to death when there's nothing oh, going on. It is painful. It's painful. But we you got to watch every minute of it because you never know when something's going to show up. But. Yeah, well, there was like years ago, Doug and I and our little crew, we were experimenting with different noise frequencies, playing around with ITC type stuff, right? So we were using white noise and brown noise yep. and pink noise. There's all different spectrums. Yep, And we've we were experimenting that. with that. Um you know, for hours and hours and hours at a time. So, listening to a tape of silence <laughs> is one thing. Yep. But then trying to sit down and listen to hours and hours of just... <laughs> it melts your brain. Yes, it does. It just turns you into mush. And at the end of it, you know, and I... Well, you know, people, psychic type people, me, they're like, well, that's that's the spirits taking your energy away. I'm like, no, I'm being bored to death right now. This is nothing supernatural, and in my in my opinion, at least at all, it's just it's mind blowing. And you're looking, you know, at the same time, you're trying to fork through it with a with a comb or whatever, fine tooth comb, yeah. trying to find something that sounds out of characteristic for the situation. I guess well, for the audio. Usually when we were investigating, I was in a room. If there wasn't anything happening, you knew it When if you listened to the recordings. Yeah. Because it sounded like a yeah. bear was in the room. Yeah. Well, well, I yeah. usually start falling asleep at 2 a.m. Yeah. in the morning. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it comes in a lot of different... I think a lot of people are here right now, for example, uh, for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. And that's great. I think that's, still, that's super cool. Uh and I think I I hope that most people though they do get that education though, yeah, and find out like oh this is going to be a lot more different of an adventure than I thought it was going to be. Oh, yeah, and I think the other thing that uh, people have to look out for too, and this is something that you know Chris and Wayne, fortunately for our group, um, started from the get go was making sure you know what you're doing. Yeah. Not just going out and telling people that their house is haunted and stuff like huge that. huge thing and, for me. And huge look, looking at the me. legal aspect of it too and the liability. So huge sore point for me. Yeah, I, I, yeah. So we were very. I mean, we we would go in and before we'd even investigate a house. We we did a, a walk through and we we had a questionnaire that we asked all sorts of questions yeah, yeah. and stuff about medications and, mm-hmm. and the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. So and a lot of people think that they're just going to jump in this field and they're just going to take a recorder and start going to people's houses and telling them what's going on. Now there's a little more yeah. to it. You ever re- you ever report a sighting to move on before? It, nope. Okay, we have, and you have to fill out a massive questionnaire. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not saying this because it's bad. Right. I know exactly what's going on. You're being vetted, right? Yeah, that's fine. Because you know, look, I mean, you don't know what you're seeing sometimes. Right. And there's an entire process you have to go through if you want to submit your interview. Too. Uh, I was interviewed. Yeah. Like, hey, do you do any drugs? I'm like piles <laughs> of them. Piles of them. 
anything you got. You got something? I'll do it right now. No, I mean, it's. But I had to, you know, prove, you know, prove to them, you know, without beyond a reasonable doubt that no, I'm not. I don't. Right. I'm not on any type of weird stuff. I, yep. I actually saw what I saw. So I don't think there's any problem with you know that type of process because it is. I think I. That's one thing I do have an issue with these days, especially too, is just that idea where. Um, some people, like you said, don't know what they're getting themselves into. Right. Yeah. And I think some people are quick to uh, jump to judgments yep. and label things, and that could be scary. You want to know what truly is scary? Oh, thank you, That's Mr. Scary. That wasn't scary at all. I like that. You gave me a kiss. <laughs> I got a kiss from Tim Shaw. I'm glad it wasn't on the lips, though. Yet. Yeah. Russ, thanks. I get whisker burn. <laughs> Hey, Scott. Thanks for talking to me, yeah, man. Yeah, it's great. cool. Amber and I think Amber and Marnie are back here sooner or yeah, later. Yeah, I think they got lost. Oh, it's good to see you. Yeah, it's good always to see good. You. Oh, good to see you, brother. Right. Ghostly Talk. Hi, Joe. Hello. <laughs> 2019 Michigan Paranormal Conference. I was calling it My Paracon. I, I just see my the. My Paracon. Yeah, yeah. I, I see that. Because it's yours. Because it's mine. It belongs I mean, to me. Everybody comes here just to see you. Exactly. Yeah. I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> Good to see you, man. It's been a yeah. while. We haven't talked to you in a, in a... Well, we had you on the show not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, you're from 222 Paranormal Podcast. Yes. Uh, and as I said, yeah, you guys were on the show a while ago. We met you guys. We we bumped into you guys a handful of times. And I know we had a, we did have a long talk. Uh, that was last year at the... We have a flyer for it. The UFO. UFO yeah, the UFO, yeah, UFO last year. Yeah. Uh, where's, your, where's Jenna? Is she around? She's at the booth. Oh, she's where, where are you guys located at? In the other room. In the other room? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, stuck and now... In be- stuck in between two empty tables. Why? The celebrities didn't show up. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah. Can we name who? Um, well, the Tennessee Wraith Chasers will be here at four. And the other guy, I don't know who he is. Oh. Scheduling problems. Well, it was airline problems. Oh, yeah. yeah. I heard Delta was mm-hmm. not good this year. Yes. They all had to fly into Detroit and then either walk or find a car. <laughs> That's a mess because that's like that's like another four about five hours easy easy from the well no six hours from the airport it's five hours from my house mm-hmm. our drive yeah you guys has got to be about six or seven hours we took eight hours but we did stop and do the touristy thing over at the Mackinac Island or oh yeah Mackinac City yeah we haven't been there in a while I want to talk about this. Now, that. you guys can't see this. That is a piece of paper. This is a piece of paper, yes. but it's got some very interesting <laughs> and important information on there. And what it says on here is the Toledo Bigfoot and Paranormal Conference. It's being put on by 222 Paranormal. Yes. Us. Yes. We figured we would put our foot in the water and try our own hand at doing a, yeah. doing a uh, conference. Yeah, really? Why? And nobody's done Bigfoot. Oh, and man, I love Bigfoot. No, and I, I noticed that. Like, mm-hmm. this is obviously Bigfoot and Paranormal Conference. But, yeah, I don't think a lot of people... I mean, I know there are crypto... Like, crypt, I have screwed this word up twice today. This is the second <laughs> time. Uh, cryptozoological conferences. There are conferences yeah. for that type of stuff. But I don't think anything really zeroing in on Bigfoot. It's, you know, him or herself. We don't know. Well, a lot of Dogman stuff. Because yeah. the Dogman was big in Ohio. Yeah. You know, and... But Bigfoot... Nobody really has done it in yeah. the Toledo area, I should say. Yeah, and this is your hometown, obviously, yep. is Toledo. Yep. This is uh, October 12th, October not too far 12th. from now. Yeah. yeah, and which is great because it's right by Halloween. Everybody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think the the main reason why it's on that date is that it was the date that we could get the hall. <laughs> <laughs> K 
Ken Gerard's going to be there. Uh, love him. Steve Ward, dear friend of we our show, Steve too. Uh, Sh- you know, and I'm going to totally feign in with Shaitan. Shaitan. Shaitan Noir. Shaitan Noir. I don't even know who that person is. She is the one in all teal with the dog. Oh, I talked to her. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I, I, may, I have awesome. no memory of anything anymore. She does a lot with the um, legends of the Lake Erie monsters and stuff. Okay. And uh, Don Allison. Don Allison. He does. He is the author of a book called I Met a Ghost at Gettysburg. And okay. And he's done a sequel to that. Yeah. And he just, he's a great paranormal speaker. Yeah. What time does this start on the 12th? Oh, you're asking me good questions. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think it's we're running it from eleven to four, I believe. Eleven to four. So it's, it's not a really big conference. We're hoping to get around thirty-five vendors. Yeah, but it's our first one. Okay. And we wanted to try out, you know, do it small. I want to say. Yeah. Or mid-size to begin with. What are you doing? And then maybe from there move on to different years and. Yeah. People have asked me over the years. They're like, well, you know. Maybe you guys should do a conference mm-hmm. in the Detroit area. And I've always said, I'm like, I'll do a conference under three conditions. One, I want $20,000 cash in my hand for running capital. Yeah. Two, I want three to four people that will do what I say, when I say it, exactly how I say mm-hmm. it. No questions, no debating, yeah. no nothing. Do exactly as I say. Three... I want the chance to back out clean when the sucker buries itself yeah. and goes, because they're not easy to do. And I, that's no. a very pessimistic thing to say. Um, but I've seen it, oh, you know, and people always, it's not easy to do. No. And I'm not saying, I am not saying this about your guys' conference in any no, way whatsoever. No, but it's me, not it's easy to do. It's, it's a very difficult thing. It's a ton of logistics. It's brutal. I've seen uh, some of these conferences. We were chatting about this downstairs, a couple of us. Some of the conferences we've seen over the years where, I mean, I've seen organizers just break down crying mm-hmm. just from the stress yeah. and the strain. It's not easy. And that's for any kind of con- conference. I don't think it's very easy to do anything like that. It's brutal. Yeah. So hats off to you guys for doing this. I saw them like, oh, my God, what are they doing it, to themselves? You know, we were thinking, well, let's do it. We've been to so many conventions. We've been to so many different events. Yeah. Let's do our own. We know what we're doing. Okay. Yeah. And once we started, we're like, we don't know what we're doing. But, <laughs> but it's just like anything else. you got to learn as you go. Yeah. And the big thing is the legalities. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that, that, you know, you've got, I mean, our form itself is one page of your information and two pages of legal stuff. Yeah. That you, you know? The fine print, so to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I don't think, and that's what I think people who get into this stuff, I know anybody who wants to do something like this, they're doing it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. They're all doing it for the right reasons. And I think it's just that idea, well, we'll start small. And it's, you know, it'll be easy if it's small. How hard could it be? And And I found out. Here comes reality, (laughs) though. No, and it's it's just a very difficult thing to do, I think. Mm -hmm. And I could never do it. I don't don't want to do it. The big thing is you you really have to sell yourself to, to get the vendors and that. Yeah. Because... Everybody will say, "Oh, I love it." You know, you got to have a show. You got to do your own show. Yeah, we'll help you out. And then when you put the papers in front of them, they're like, "Well, let me see my schedule. Let me see, you know." And yeah, it's tough because you really have to sell it. Yeah, you know, and it's not so. That's where I would fail too because I can't do that. Yeah, and it's 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 not so much 
you're trying to sell it to them yeah. and the fact that you know you're trying to make a lot of money off them or that if you got to you cover your even, expenses yeah if, yeah if you break even you're doing good yeah and that's how it is with these conventions a lot of people don't realize that a lot of people say well you're going to make tons of money in that it's like no, no it's not like that and you don't do it because of the money you do it because of the love of yeah. getting people together with similar interests you know? yeah no and, and it's fun if we break even we're doing good because yeah. then we can pay for the the hall pay for the you know everything. any expense you have in front of you and and if you break even honestly from what i've seen that's is that success right yeah, there honestly exactly. it really is you're ahead of the curve by just breaking even mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of you know in a lot of situations like that so uh it's tough to do yeah it is I'm, i take my head off for you guys doing that. <laughs> i sound like oh that's awesome that's totally cool um and yeah october 12th like yeah. we said absolutely awesome we're gonna be i know amber she's doing something that weekend i'm gonna probably shoot down just to, just to hang out I, we talked about me do, us getting a table i'm like oh, i i don't want to do it on my own i yeah. I, I, I i'd rather so i'd rather just come down there and have fun get a mm-hmm. hotel room goof around be a goofball i don't yeah, have to go anywhere so i'm gonna definitely come down there and hang out yeah. thanks though you know, it's good to see you guys oh yeah i gotta go i gotta go by and say hi to jen uh i know you guys you guys said you were doing the the tourism stuff here and stuff like that but i was looking forward to seeing you guys all weekend i'm glad oh, you guys yeah. finally got here this is cool Every year we come to this. Yeah, this, this is, is fun. If anybody ever asks to come to a convention, this is the one to come to. And I've said it before. People always ask, well, who's going to be there? And you just got to look at them and go, everybody. Oh, a lot of people, yeah. <laughs> everybody. Um, it's, I've been saying this all day in conversations. It's it's really kind of um, overwhelming. Yeah. Just this morning, I was down here at like 9 o'clock setting stuff up, and there was people all over this room. And I'm like, this is freaky. Like, there's people everywhere. It's kind of overwhelming how many people show up for something like this. Yeah. Uh, just to see what, over many years, how things have kind of grown and how you can have events like this where people show up. They come. They, they yeah. come. To, and I, I I know, you know, you have the celebrity factor here. I know there's the star power thing. Uh, and I, I've been saying this again in every conversation I've had today. I'm like, I know the reason that I come to these things, not just to pimp our show or something like that, mm-hmm. is to have conversations. Just chat with people, yep. have real conversations yep. with people. A lot of times, you know, we're all kind of scared all over the country. So, yeah, we do get to talk virtually and send messages and emails and stuff like that. Well, and that's what makes these kind of also like family reunions. Yeah, they are. I was just going to say yeah. that it, it is a family reunion. Yeah. yeah, they turn into family reunions. People a get the weirdo other reunion. <laughs> it's like a lot of us get to see each other like once or twice a year. We're busy working and doing other stuff outside of our hobbies. So, yeah, this is another reason, you know. And just to see people I don't see see as much as I'd like to see, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and just to hang out and have real conversations. Exactly. Yeah, totally, man. And then the after party is legendary. <laughs> we were, it was goofy last night, and that was a slow night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I just had to give up. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I have two, two more days of this and along with a drive home. And I got to start, I'm getting older now, and I have to start thinking about these things. Uh, and I can't go just completely wild and then have to suffer the rest of the weekend. So I'm being smart this weekend. One thing about this event yeah. is on, okay, today is Friday. Friday, yeah. Today? Friday? It's Friday, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Today's Friday. Saturday morning, when you come into this event, it'll be completely different because everybody will be hangover. They're going to be burnt out. Burn out. And they'll yeah. all be like... Oh man! Yeah, I, I got another day of this. I'm like, ah, man, it's gonna go ahead. Because of the after party. Yeah, you know? yeah. And last year, last year was my first year here, 
Uh, and yeah, it, things were pretty rowdy. Mm-hmm. Just downstairs, right below us here. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the area where everybody kind of congregates in and all hell breaks loose. Yes, so, it does. yeah, we have that coming up here in about three or four more hours, <laughs> probably. Good talking to you. Yeah, it was great seeing you. I yeah. was really excited when I saw that you were here. The Toledo Bigfoot and Paranormal Conference, October 12th, 2019, 11 to 4. 11 to 4, yeah. Be there. Nice time. What? That's a nice it. time. Like 11 to 4. It's not too early. I Doesn't go it. crazy late. If I was going to have a it? conference also, I'll have, I'm going to put a fourth thing on there too. Yeah. If I'm going to have a conference, we're going to have it from like 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> 3 to 4. And the rest <laughs> of the time, you just hang out and be a goofball, right? <laughs> Generally, that's what people like to do, I think. Oh, I yeah. mean, people like to see the speakers and stuff like that. I know. Uh, but I know people really come about 7 or 8 o'clock. The switch gets turned over, and it's like, oh, we get to just goof around now and be yep. and be stupid. So, yeah, that's yeah, that's a good time though. Eleven to four, totally cool. Thanks again, Joe. Oh, thank you. Ghostly toss. Mike. Yes, good to see you, Scott. I gotta say, yeah, I remember so the well. first time we met was outside the Haunted America conference. Yeah, oh no, no, Troy Taylor. Troy yeah, Taylor. Yeah, yeah. It was like me, you, Greg Newkirk, Scotty Roberts. Yeah. Like we're out there, like I was smoking a cigar or something stupid like that, and like talking about music, heavy metal, a whole bunch of different fun things, and really enjoying it. And so I've enjoyed listening to Ghostly Talk. Uh, well, yeah. Since that time. Oh, thanks, time. man. Appreciate that. Absolutely. It's very kind of you. No, yeah, it was. That was a couple of years. Why is going on the photo shoot thing? Here? <laughs> you must have the best background. This is like, yeah, I guess so. And then cancel it until something new comes out. Hi. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. No, that was that was about three years ago or something like that. I yeah. Think, and right. The, the best part is, is that when I came in that night. Yeah. Um, I was I came down with my sister Allison from Milwaukee Ghost, Allison Jornlin. Yeah. And uh, my co host Wendy from the podcast and I yeah. came in and I'm like, guys, I think I'm I'm I met someone that I've never heard this before. And they're like, What are you talking about? I'm like, I met a Titanic truther tonight. <laughs> oh right, really? Yeah. Cause you went in yeah. and you told the like the history of the Titanic and oh, things yeah, like that. Yeah. And we, it blew it blew my mind. And we were just chatting, my buddy Russ was over here earlier. Uh, we were t- we were chatting for a bit, and uh, he actually. They, long story short, we just started get. I started talking about the Titanic again. Actually, he's, I had a I had a handful of years there. Yeah, where I was like, dude, like but you had great information no, on it. Yeah, and I found myself like rethinking, and I'm like, you know what? I thought James Cameron had it right, but I think Scott <laughs> might know what's going on. Russ and I, he, they work on the uh, the USS Edson, which is a, it's, it's a boat here in Michigan, up in Bay City, and okay. they they've been doing work to restore it. And, and they're a great bunch of people, MPI. Uh, they do all this work on the boat. That, and that literally a little while ago sent us down that rabbit hole again. And I think, yeah, the, the Titanic truther thing is, I mean, and I think we talked about it. Yeah, I think me, we talked about the, you know, how it was an insurance job, basically. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it really, that really was like, it blew my mind uh, something. Because I have just come on to the, yeah, as I was doing research into uh, Amelia Earhart. Yeah. And then you start getting into, like, well, why would the government be interested in covering up the fact that they knew where Amelia Earhart was? Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, that that means they could decode Japanese transmissions. Mm-hmm. Well, if they could decode Japanese transmissions when Amelia Earhart went down, mm-hmm. what that means is that they probably knew about Pearl Harbor. Yeah. And so that led me down to an entire rabbit hole of something. I was like, well, like, well am I really, am I one of those guys who's like, FDR knew about Pearl Harbor? And I'm like, yeah. no. 
but well, I'm 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 teetering on the edge of it. You know yeah. What I mean? Oh yeah. Totally. No. You know. And in regards to the Titanic and. Whatever shit that I spewed on my mouth, like in the next couple of minutes, <laughs> I am no expert on anything. However, I mean, just observing it for a second, I mean, the, and as we know, the Titanic was considered unsinkable, right. not because it was this massive, the unsinkable big, Molly Brown, like they made him yeah, yeah. show. It was, a, it was a, you know this massive, it was, it, not because it was big and mean or whatever. It's because it was designed in a certain, in such a way that it could withstand many hits to the hull, so it would not sink. And what sank it was just the weirdest set of occurrences. I mean, and look, to be fair, freak occurrences happen. Perfect storms storms happen. Freak freak occurrences, they happen every day to people. Little things, your basement floods, shit like that, right? Um, So I get that. But this is a ship that was considered unsinkable. Like they had, and again, engineering back then wasn't as good as it probably is now. But it was as best. It was state of the art for the time. We still, we still had centuries of British shipbuilding. Yeah, yeah. You know that these guys work okay. These are the best shipbuilders in the world. Fine, whatever. The idea is, and I, I don't know. I, I may have not even talked about this on the show, uh, but yet. We're going to go right down this rabbit hole, aren't we? Because so, <laughs> it was a late night, and this is my it first was a, memory. It was a late night, right. drunk, and this, hilarious this talk. Is, yeah. this, is like, this is like getting near bar time in the middle yeah. of Illinois. There's just four guys outside <laughs> talking crap. Most like guys who kind of had never really met in person before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just this launches off, and um, we had like a heartfelt discussion because this is right after the Constantinos. Yeah. Had, oh, dude, that was yeah. And, yeah. And, and Scotty had talked about Scotty Roberts. Yeah. Uh, had talked about how he knew them. He used to work with them, and yeah. kind of a tragedy. And then you kind of changed the subject, but be like, "Titanic was an inside job." How the hell and did I do that? It was, how do I segue something like that? Because it was a, because we needed to change the mood. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then uh, it was like a downer, and of course, it was a very was a significant moment. Yeah. But then like you're like, you know what, guys? Titanic was an inside job. <laughs> and my eyes like I'm like, what? <laughs> All right. So then we went into it, and really, and that's my first memory of hanging out with you. <laughs> and I'm like, hell yeah, keep going. Well, it was an interesting story. I mean, and again, I, this stuff I read, th- uh, seminars I watched, sure. and stuff like that. And yeah, they literally said, like, there were things that, I mean, the long and the short of it was they were playing around with that boat, and Captain Smith, E.L. Smith, was a guy with a bit of an ego. They were playing around with that boat, and... Long story short, uh, it, I think it was the USS Hawk or something like that. Not USS. Um, the HMS? HMS, yeah, thank you. I just said USS Edson a minute ago, so the brain don't move that That's quick. All right. So, yeah, basically the ship had an accident with a, with a warship with actual pylons that would, would would hit the, you know, they were designed to destroy the hull of a ship. Sure. That's where they said they actually broke the keel, the back of the ship. And... More or less, again, in short, they said this would cost us. They went to the insurance company and said, you know, insurance pay up. The ship got wrecked. We need you guys. And they're like, well, from what we understand, you guys broke the ship. You guys, your, your captain was negligent, so we're not paying you a dime. And that ship cost $11 million to make, which right, now... Right, in 1900 be, money, that's, yeah, I mean, that's $100 million. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, it's enough to sink a that's company. A, that's a Marvel movie. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, the first 15 minutes of a Marvel movie, it seems <laughs> right. like. No, so, and that, that was the idea where they said, okay, we can't get any insurance money for this ship. If we have to pay for this, take a hit on this ship ourselves and not have it, you know, out there making money for us, we're going to go bankrupt. 
we're going to lose our company. We're going to go down. White Star Line is going to go down. So that's where they say the idea was they switched the names, essentially. There's a lot more to it than that. Sure. But they more or less switched the names, took the ship out there with the idea, okay, look, we're going to sink the ship, and we're going to have all these passengers on there, but we're going to have rescue ships and boats on the way so no one will be everybody will be fine it'll be it won't be that huge of a deal and all these other people have insurance so whatever crap they're carrying they'll be insured and they'll get paid back for that stuff too it was a great idea they thought well i know part of the story was they were shooting off the 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 emergency flares and from what they said captain ford and i'm i think i got my names right on this he was one of the captains on the the carpathian he was supposed to come along he was supposed to wait. He was supposed to wait for the flares, and I, I guess, and I, and I could be wrong on this part too, but I think it was like red, white, and blue meant emergency. It meant emergency, and I guess they said from a distance he couldn't see the colors of the flares, so he just saw flares going off. and He didn't see red, white, and blue, so it's not an he emergency. Didn't come soon enough. So, oh no! I don't know. You know, again, this is a very complicated, weird story, but that's where this became. Originally an insurance job, basically insurance fraud, to a disaster where a lot of people lost their right. lives. An insurance job to a disaster to a cover-up. To a cover-up. Total cover-up, yeah. And James Cameron is completely, he's in league. He's in I league with all he, of them. He was paid son off, of a bitch. I think he was paid off by White Star Iceberg right ahead. <laughs> My ass, James Cameron. No, and I mean it's it's a re- it's I mean I'll say it it's a, it's a really crazy claim, but there are people out there who are standing by this. They're serious about this. They're passionate about it. But it's a, it's a, it's the first time I ever even heard the idea of it. Yeah, so I was like, oh shit! If they lied to us about the Titanic, yeah, what else could they be lying well, to but, us about? And from what I understand too, I mean, I am not a sailor by any means, um, but what I understand is this idea of of ship swapping like that is actually a common practice in companies. When they oh. want, when they want to trick the insurance company, they'll do that. They'll change the names on the ships and say, "Oh, it's crazy." You know, it, it could be a ship like the Titanic where it had its keel broken. Sure, because all you need is a paint job. Yeah, like all you need is to change the side of the ship. They're yeah. not going to go through everything. And- yeah, yeah. So why not do that? I mean, I'm, I it's wrong, obviously, but you know, this was being done on a. Right, way bigger scale with these Titanic-sized ships. Like I'm sure the listeners of this show have sometimes have scraped the serial numbers off their guns. It's the same type of thing. Yeah, Any, yeah same type of thing. Yeah, so, <laughs> that was a good one. So no, it's, it was a really weird, interesting story. Yeah, and I, I didn't, I didn't realize you. I, I, for, I forgot about that shit. To be <laughs> oh well, come on. Yeah. It was I totally forgot 2:30 about thirty in the morning. Yeah, it was. That was a long night. Yeah, yes, man. It was. Let's talk about your band. Oh, absolutely. So you. Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. So I play in a band called Sunspot. Yeah. And uh, what we do is um, we, in our podcast, See on the Other Side, we interview people. We talk to weirdos like us yeah. uh, all across the country. And then we write a song based on that topic every single week. And okay. then uh, we'll put out put out a demo every week yeah. of that. And then we'll take the best stuff of that and get in this real studio and put an album Record and everything. Yeah. yeah. But... We've been doing that acoustic shows at paranormal conferences, yeah. uh, live shows. This summer, we've been out. We uh, opened up for Smash Mouth in, oh, that's cool. in May, um, playing out with bands like Saving Able and things like that. So we've yeah. been going out, rocking and rolling, having fun, yeah. and just in, uh, meeting other people with like minds who may be interested in the weirder side of music. Yeah. 
No, and that's cool. So, yeah, that's how we obviously we met. Right. Well, you kind of gave the really good version. <laughs> I get. I was gonna give like the seven inch version. You give like the LP version. <laughs> there we like, go. You gave the really good version. There we go. But that's kind of how we we just saw you guys playing. And I think that same drunken night, like you guys had to move your gear. Yeah. Like, I'll help you. I think, I think we were like <laughs> right. carrying stuff Dude, back and forth. And I'm like, okay, here's how to do the chords. And you knew how to like handle the chords. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, you're good. I'm gonna go over here and keep working. Like, <laughs> and the guys also had to like. Like put together and get the XLR cords together. That is a gift. Well, and that's but again, we saw you guys just you know at these conferences playing, and mm-hmm. I'm like, and I, I'm like, that's kind of a cool idea. Like, you know, and like anybody. I mean, I I play too. We've talked about that. Sure. And I try to write on the weirder side of things, uh, but well, the thing is, what always got me was that okay. So I tried to write right even before we got because I was all I've always been in a paranormal stuff since I yeah grew up. yeah. But the band started. We've been playing for twenty years. Wow. Um, we st- you know and been, you haven't killed each other yet. Well, a couple of close calls. Yeah. But um, you know we've played probably about twelve hundred or thirteen hundred shows, and toured the country, wow. and we're on our third van kind of thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but at the same time, so we started. We just wanted to be. In a, we wanted to be in a rock band. Like the first band that I saw that I was like, "That's what I want to do." I yeah. just saw Alice Cooper in the Muppet Show. Oh my god! Yeah, he did that's so cool. My, he did Welcome to My Nightmare in the Muppet Show, and I'm like, I want to do that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, in the '90s when we were growing up, in 18 and 19 years old, you okay, we're gonna start playing shows, start going out and doing it. Yeah. And then I always saw other bands like they would write great love songs or great like pop songs and love yeah. songs. I'm like, boy, those guys can write those love songs so well. And then I tried to write a love song, and it just was like, well, it was a love song, but it's. I took a couple quotes from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and put it in there and things like that. You know. Yeah. And, and so it was always going to be that weirder side because we couldn't get our own voice trying to be like other people. So why, and why would you want to do that in the first place? Right. Well. Be, well, Look, I know a love song sells. <laughs> right. We know a love song <laughs> yeah. sells. But then, we, but it, so eventually we just like gave into it. Like, you know what? These are the topics we're interested in. It's exciting yeah. to uh, meet people and learn. So I would say of the of the guests here today, yeah. uh, Brian Kano. I had an interview with him yeah. right across from yeah, your booth. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, wrote a song based on his paralosophy. After an interview, okay. uh, Jeff Belanger told us a vampire story from the Rhode Islands in oh, 18, that's cool. Rhode Island, 1892. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm like, okay, that inspired a song called "Digging Up the Dead." We'll play that tomorrow night. But the idea yeah. of that is, um, they dig, they dug up this girl's body because they thought she was a vampire, yeah. and said the only way that we can stop the vampire is by um, tearing out her heart, burning it. And that the sick brother or whatever eats the ashes. Ah. Right, and the story of Mercy Brown from the late 18th. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a, that's how all you know relationships, when you bring up the past, when <laughs> when the past doesn't matter, you yeah. do it. Like, that's an inspiration for a song. So Jeff Blench, the Ghost Brothers, who were here last night, we just yeah. had them on the podcast, yeah. wrote a song called Ghost Funk, where we went in there, we grabbed a couple of their quotes from the interview, yeah. and turned them into samples and stuck yeah. them in. Yeah. So it's just been a really fun way to be creative and keep it going. Well, you know, and, and there's a lot of romanticism in these stories. Oh, in, in the In the paranormal, you know, when you when a good ghost story, they really are intertwined or woven in with, you know, this, this idea of romanticism. All the legends we hear are usually 
with that idea of strong emotion, which love obviously is a very strong Absolutely. emotion, if not the strongest emotion. Well, and the themes lend themselves too. Like I think about so December, I interviewed a woman who wrote a book called "The Spirits from the Edge of the World," okay. and she had she basically wrote an English. She translated all this Siberian shamanism, yeah. where we get the word shaman from, the Siberian tribe. Okay, and she was talking to these elders whose kind of culture was dying yeah. and tried to get down as much as she could yeah. uh, in this book. And um, so the book's called Spirits from the Edge of the World. And my guitar player's like, hey, I wrote this riff. It kind of, I don't know, it kind of sounds Randy Rhodes, early Ozzy-ish. Yeah. You want listen to it. And I'm sitting there listening to it and I'm like, well, this sounds like a song about Siberian shaman. <laughs> this riff was singing over it. You're like, sometimes... The epic themes, like you say, romanticism, yeah. but um, like hard rock, heavy metal, like seems to mesh perfectly with this idea that there's, it's more than just going out to the club and bump, 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 yeah, let's yeah. shake our booties. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about big themes. Well, yeah, and that, that's, there's a mysticism about that, I think, and I've always thought, that's why, I mean, I, I'm drawn to all, all that stuff. Absolutely. Since I was a kid, and even now, I've been drawn to those themes, and a lot of those themes are very prevalent in harder music and metal or rock or whatever you want to call it. I like this idea. I was talking about this earlier today, how every week, you know, we do this show and we, we record when we record, once a week, twice a week, whatever it might be, and I always love being exposed to different ideas. And that, that's, a, that's a blessing and a curse, because I've always said it's great to be exposed to all these different ideas all the time, but sometimes it's hard to focus on one idea, right? What you guys are obviously doing, I think, is really cool because you're taking that idea and making it an artistic expression. And I love that idea. And converting it, like, right yeah, away. So, like, it, we do yeah. an interview. Um, and you're right. I, you know, I think about with uh, interview we did last year with a, a writer by the name of Paul Cornell. Yeah. And Paul Cornell's done a bunch of Doctor Who stuff. Okay. And he um, has a comic book called Saucer State. All right. And... So Saucer State is like, it's about aliens and UFOs. Yeah. But the thing is, he brings in every single story about UFOs yeah. in yeah. like a unified theory of UFOs. Oh. Right? Okay. And um, it's everything from the from the symbols and the, pi you know, like the naked people on the Pioneer spacecraft or whatever that are on the, like the side of the spacecraft. Yeah, or yeah. To airships seen over the Midwest in like the 1890s right. before they had Zeppelins and stuff like okay, that where yeah, they saw right. these weird airships yeah, yeah. and he brings it all together and I'm and I, I'm sitting there thinking like this comic book had some great ideas talking with him then blew my mind mm -hmm. like this like well first I, I had to geek out about Doctor Who like let's talk about <laughs> Doctor Who for 10 minutes but yeah. then it was like Doctor Who to, he writes this fiction yeah. this artistic expression about all of the alien stuff he's ever been interested in it and he tries to find a way to unify it Yeah. and then that was maybe the hardest song to write because I was like he put so much effort into making his unified theory he knows so much made his artistic expression like yeah. now I felt a, a, we felt a pressure to be like man we gotta come up with a good song yeah. because this guy did great work yeah. but it's that idea of we're all taking the stuff we're really interested in mm -hmm. and you know what sometimes some people are really good at blog posts some people are really good like this podcast yeah. we're, we're expressing it through podcasts yeah. and sometimes you need to express it through uh, drinking a beer 
playing a power chord and screaming at the top yeah, of your and lungs. And riding around it, yeah. <laughs> riding around that. You know, and it's hard. Like, like what you were just, you know, that, that, that's not necessarily a, like a narrative, like a story. You're talking about ideas. Right. And, and that's tough to write that. Like, you know, trying to just get that down where it makes some kind of sense to you at least. Conceptual, conceptualize it. Make it into something that hopefully will have some kind of um, connection with yeah. people. You know, here's a funny story. And this is something ridiculous that I had not thought of. <laughs> so we wrote this song in 2013 uh, called Arthuriana. Right. And it was this idea of people obsessed with um, British culture. Yeah. You know, Arthuriana was just a symbol yeah. of King Arthur and British culture. All right. Um, but sometimes these obsessions define us or they help us through things and stuff like that. So yeah. we wrote this song. And then... Um, it get, so it gets picked up by with, with the Greek football coverage or Greek soccer coverage okay. of English soccer games in Greece. They're using Arthuriana as the song for the commercials, right? For, really? And and all of a sudden, all these Greek people are like this song speaks to me, you know. But for completely different reasons yeah. because they're interested in English football, you know. And you're like, what? Like, <laughs> football isn't any part, part of it. Yeah. Like, but the fact is that you can write something that means something to you and gives you interest, and then all of a sudden to someone else, it makes them excited and gets them interested yeah, yeah, for totally. a completely different reason. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, hey, guys, it works. Mm-hmm. It makes <laughs> like, sense. Well, I mean, I've always said, too, especially, I mean, any, to me, any type of art, um, I've told any anybody getting involved with it, trying to do something, I'm like, okay, Understand what you're getting yourself into here. Oh, yeah. Number one. Because, you know, unless you, I mean, I am at a point, I'm old now, so I just do things because I just do them and I like doing things. I like creating things. I don't necessarily like looking at my output, but I like creating it, right? Yeah. Like, I, like a podcast, for example, like we record this stuff. Like right, I think I sound like Rembrandt right now in my brain. Like, oh, I'm so brilliant on this microphone. I'm so good. And then I listen to it again. It's like, duh, duh, duh. I sound like an idiot, right? And I, that's why I cannot listen to myself anymore and I've said that over and over I'm like I don't listen like remember that show you did I'm like no I don't I didn't <laughs> listen to it and I didn't even want to deal with it after that I just put it out and was done with it that point aside um, I think the greatest art is simply just that it's simple it makes you feel something it, may, it, right, it, it makes it, you, it, it makes changes you, you. Yeah, it, yeah. you know I think Bono even though Bono is a blowhard in so many ways but um I do love some of YouTube's music, though. Yeah. I'm guilty as charged. Yeah. But the thing is, like he said once, he's like, art is about taking something ugly and turning it into something beautiful. Yeah. Totally. And I'm like, goddamn right, Bob. No, that's, that's a very good way to look at it. <laughs> like, you got my it. thing, my main thing, though, is just that. Like, okay, you take something ugly and make it beautiful. That's a great way to look at it. But taking something ugly and making it beautiful and then making someone actually feel something as a result of that, right? Well, that's and that's right. a beautiful thing. And it don't have to be pretty itself. Like, oh, oh no, the art doesn't it, have it, to it, be. it can make you feel something. Well, okay, so Van Gogh, right? Yeah. And uh, I was always like, why does everybody have such a hard-on for Van Gogh? Like, of course, <laughs> yeah, some of the stuff is pretty in the posters or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we go to the Van Gogh Museum, and you see the actual portraits up close and realize he's... There's layers yeah. on the painting. Yeah. There's movement. You can see the brush strokes. You're every seeing what thing. he actually did. Yeah. And I'm like, God damn, like this stuff is great. It's yeah. not just a dorm room poster. No, you're not getting you're not that's why people travel 
halfway around the world to see an original painting of something usually because you want to see the strokes the brush strokes yeah and, and you you want to see what like at that point in time that person's mind did that yeah and it made that line that built was a, just a part of the entire structure and system of what that piece of art is and, it, and that's it, fascinating and it gives you an emotion yeah that it doesn't that uh that you know the um just by looking at something yeah. online or at JPEG yeah. does not give you that feeling. Yeah. And so art does that. Yeah. Music does that particularly. Oh, uh, for you me, know, yeah, that's everything. I, to I me. think of the band Muse. Yeah. And Muse is an incredible band, but the thing is, I think their lyrics are I'm like, man, who's been writing these words? What's yeah. going on here, guys? Yeah. But the music like moves me to a point where it's just the chords move me. Yeah. The chords well, move me. Well, and it, it's. Okay, I'm going to tell you a story. You're going to die laughing. Please do. Okay, this is... And now, now, we saw each other a couple months ago in, in Old like America. Yeah. And I think we had the obituary conversation. Yeah, because... We I, talked about that briefly I last night. I just started getting yeah. into death metal because I understood yeah. what you're saying. Like, it's not pretty, but I'm getting it as a feeling. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a different feeling. It's yeah. and, and, and it does have conviction. Um, and people now... Just to go on that trip for a second... People now really are starting to understand. Like when you got NPR featuring the new Napalm Death record, right? Something's up. Like okay, the wine and cheese people are getting grindcore now. Like <laughs> that's really neat to me because I've watched it get shit on for the last thirty of years. Course, of course, and it's nice to see something like that. That point aside, about this time a year ago, um, I was at this festival called, called Muddy Roots in Tennessee, in Cookville, Tennessee. Oh sure, and. Got down there last year. I'm going there. It's a, it's a week from now. I'm going down there again this year. Nice. So uh, last year we were down there. We got our camp set up. Me and my buddy start goofing around, having some beers, and doing our thing. And we're looking at the program because there's a million bands that play this thing. Um, and it's a beautiful thing because I love this festival because it's everything. I mean, it's 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 heavy stuff. It's punk rock. It, it's bluegrass. It's country. It's you know it's gothic country and you know gothic and all this really stuff that it, like really interesting stuff that I've discovered in the last year because of this one band and I think I've mentioned this on this podcast before if you've had to listen to this fast forward I don't care so <laughs> so last year I was at this festival and we're we're sitting there goofing around like I said and my buddy's like there's this band here called Woven Hand Woven Hand okay I'm like well that's kind of a cool name it's kind of a weird interesting yeah. name I'm like let's go check them out so walk down there and all I can describe is we get down to the field they're playing on this old like this cool stage an old wooden stage and I just hear this sound coming off the stage that I have never heard before in my life like a sound that I can't explain I don't understand it it's something I don't get I can't say this enough I want to be clear on this point I don't understand it, therefore it makes it very interesting to me. Therefore, I push everybody out of my way running up to that stage to get on that stage and experience what the hell is in front of me. I don't understand it, but I really like it. And it sure. just and it kind of hit me right in the gut. I felt that. And I sat there and watched this band play with my jaw literally on the stage. <laughs> and when they got done, I'm like, oh, glad. I'm like nearly in tears. I'm like, you can't quit. Keep playing. I need to hear more. I want more. And they had to go. So, long story short, I left that festival, well, along with a bunch of other great bands, but this was the band for me. I am like, I have to understand this band. So I have spent the last year being emotionally ripped apart in many wonderful, cool ways 
um, learning new things because of this guy's art. Uh, the guy's name is David Eugene Edwards. He's the main guy behind this band called Woven. All right, well, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to listen to Woven. I'm turning you. I'm turning you on to this band now. I have spent the last year. Ask her, this poor girl here who has to live with me, and she's like, "I just don't get it." I'm like, "You're nuts! You're crazy! You have you don't understand." Um, so I've just and I've got that discography like in my DNA now. That's so all I've done. Literally, is listen to Woven Hand for the last year. You know, and it's not even you know it, at the time. I, what is your music? It don't. It's everything. Whatever you, whatever makes you feel good, right? right? Uh, and I've learned so much from this guy. Mainly that, like, I, I'm, at, I'm at a point. I'm too old to worry about that shit. The street cred don't matter oh, to yeah, me anymore. Cool and stuff yeah, like no, that it don't matter, matter to me anymore, man. It, it's what makes me feel good, and that music makes me feel all kinds of things. But I'm feeling all kinds of things as a result of the sound these, this this man makes. Well, so go ahead. You makes me think of um, so an artist actually Michigan connection. Yeah. Um, but an. An artist that we discovered uh, when we first started touring and going out there yeah. was Andrew WK. Oh, dude! And so, like, when I, stuff. I get I get wet came out like that would be that's like, a great record. You're, t- you're tired in the van. You're t- that's jam, a great record. Jam and I get wet. Yeah. And that and like other people don't understand like why we just have this unabiding love for Andrew WK. It's because that music, that energy, that yeah. thing got us through like. Okay, it's it's relentlessly positive music. So when you wanted a bitch about the club owner uh, yeah. cheating you, or the other band being jerks, or all the other things that come with touring all the yeah. time, you're like, screw it, we're gonna feel good. That'll get you back to where you need to be at. And it, it yeah. really did. And so like, like when he comes to Ma- you know comes to Madison, we see him at the theater. We're like, okay, I called the venue owner. Yeah. And I was just like, we're releasing our CD that night. Yeah. He's like, okay, well, let's see if we can make it work. I'm like. Whatever you need, we will make it work. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. And then you get that part of the NDK and play. But that's the kind of thing, like like you said, this band moved you to yeah. such an extent that it changed. Changes your DNA. Yeah. It changes and who you are, right? That yeah. kind of, and the reason I say it's a Michigan connection is because NDK is from Michigan. Now, okay, I don't want to cut you off, oh, but I do. have to say this because we mentioned obituary earlier. Yes. You know that there's an obituary Andrew WK connection. What? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow your mind right now. I'm <laughs> okay. gonna totally blow your mind. I'm so happy. This is some weird shit happening right All now. All right, good, good. So, okay, Andrew WK's original drummer was Donald Tardy, who is the drummer of Obituary. Yeah, right, right, right. Obituary went on some downtime, and Donald Tardy took the Andrew WK gig. Arguably, and no, not even arguably, this is a fact. One of Andrew W.K.'s all-time favorite singers is John Tardy, who's the singer of Obituary. John and Don are obviously brothers. And Andrew W.K. has went on record to say, like, who are your favorite singers? He's like, he said John Tardy from Obituary, you know, which is just hilarious because it's two different types of music, obviously, but it just shows you how cool it can all be. And I just started getting into them. So the the story that I got was that Andrew Andrew W.K. played OzFest one year in Florida. In Tampa, which is Obituary's home. And those guys were all there hanging out with Donald, the guys from Obituary. They're all buddies, you know. And they're all there, and there was basically four out of the five guys were there, enough to play a song. So Andrew WK's like, okay, Don's already on the stage here, 
And we have the other guys from Obituary here. I want them to come out and play a song. This is one of my all-time favorite bands. And the argument, not really argument, the, st- the story, the legend is, is that Andrew W.K., was responsible for getting Obituary back together about 15, 16 years <laughs> ago crazy. and having them go back on the road and being who they are now. Yeah. It's a fucking weird thing we're talking about right now, how this all kind of came together. Sure. It's hilarious. But yeah, mind blown right there. <laughs> Andrew W.K. is the guy. And that album, I love that album. Yeah, I love I Get Wet. I mean, and that was at a time I know like people are like, oh, this is a bunch of crap. This is heavy metal. It's jock rock. I'm like, this is energizing music just get over the whole heavy metal thing for a few minutes here and enjoy it for what it is what she is beautiful what a banger that song is man that That whole record's a banger it's so good and i've seen him like 12 times we just saw my south by southwest last year and it was funny because um so we we got a buddy that sets up uh, had set up a showcase for us down there for a decade and he's got his new girlfriend yeah and then she's like i gotta meet your friends from wisconsin yeah and then so he's gotta go but she comes with us to the Andrew wk concert which is like a half an hour afterwards I'm playing yeah, yeah. so then we go down to the Andrew WK concert and um, as soon as he starts we jump in the pit we start going crazy yeah. <laughs> and, and she texts our buddy and she's like your friends from Wisconsin are cool but they are insane they're rowdy, they're rowdy. and I love Andrew WK's attitude that's yeah. what I really loved about the guy from the beginning you know and it was this hilarious philosophy about partying yeah. It's like, dude, we just partied more. We wouldn't have all this bullshit around us. <laughs> like, well, we just party and have a good time and have fun. And it's like, yeah, when it first came, when he first started kind of tripping people on that, it's like, okay, this is kind of corny. But then when you think about it, you're like, yeah, man, maybe if we did party more and quit worrying about all this crap around and just kind of have fun with or things more. Put ourselves more, in the right mindset. Yeah, you know, put ourselves, get ourselves where we need to be at, we'll be better off. So that, that simple philosophy, I love the guy. Yeah. I love the it's guy. Good, it's good stuff. I, I, and even like, I'm not a, I'm not a big. I mean, I don't, I don't own everything. I don't follow him all the time. I there's, there's only so much, so many hours in the day. Um, but when well, I hear you're that, listening to Woman Hand. When, when I hear, yeah, exactly. Nowadays, <laughs> but when I hear, when I hear the name Andrew WK, I go, dude, that's yeah. <laughs> it's uh, fun. The thumb goes up. I'm like, that yeah. guy rules. I love that guy. I love his music. I love his attitude. I like what he does. Yeah. You know, and that's really yeah. Well, I remember hearing that record, and I was just like, dude, this is. Right, it, you, you know, it back you here, you get, you get those those hairs on the back of your neck. That's yeah. my, that's my, that's like my little marker. When I hear something like that, and I get a little chill back here, yeah, I know but, I'm hearing something that I really like. But it, it's funny, and now you're making me think of like on 27, and we'll be sitting there at a club or whatever. Yeah, and then we finish playing, and it's the end of the night, and there's like after the bands are done, maybe there's a half an hour, and the bar's still open. Yeah, and then we just go up to the jukebox, <laughs> put, the, put the album on, yeah, and then the bartenders be like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like. What we're doing is shots. <laughs> you guys are playing tonight and tomorrow, or no, are you just no, playing tomorrow? tomorrow? Just tomorrow? Yeah, you know, tonight we're going to check out some stuff. Uh, Seth Breed loves doing Terror in the Skies tonight. All right. And um, my sister is uh, featured in it. Okay, cool. And so she couldn't make it this year because she's yeah. working on her book. Yeah. And I'm going to keep annoying her until she finishes the damn book. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, I want her to be great, and I know yeah. she's going to be great. But um, so we're going to check out Terror, Terror in the Skies tonight. Check out the Ghost Brothers tonight. Yeah. Uh, and then tomorrow night, 6 p.m., uh, right after the main stuff is done in the hall. Yeah. Uh, then we're going to get out there. We're going to jam at the bar. Yeah. And have fun. Looking forward to it, man. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Mike. It's, it's always really, so good to talk to you, bro. It's a pleasure to it's talk to you. It's such a good time to and talk to you. And all the yeah. listeners to Ghostly Talk, uh, you guys have it good. Enjoy it. <laughs> right? Enjoy it. You're too kind, Mike. Ghostly Talk! <laughs> 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 <laughs>